Welcome guys to the MMOs.com podcast. This is Altai here with episode 76 and I am joined this week by... Omer. Gumble. Matt. Shirelia. Full House. All right. We got the whole gang today and this is episode 76, a very special episode dedicated entirely to Soldier 76. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Soldier 76 was born on the year something something. And that's all we got about Soldier 76. He did receive a buff recently, so... God bless. And as always, Gumby, take it away. I don't know what that buff could be. Alright, this week it's the weekly raid, our weekly question. And this week we're talking about card games. Because most of us, I think, have... I think each one of us has played a bit of Shadowverse, which is the latest mobile port to Steam. Uh, it's a Japanese card game, and it's actually quite a bit of fun, but I don't want to talk about that just yet. We'll get to it. I want to talk about the card game market as a whole, because there's a lot of them. There's there's so many, and it seems like every franchise is also cashing in on the card game craze. you got Fable Fortune, Hearthstone, uh, Gwent from Witcher 3, then you have Lesser Ones, Infinity Wars, Astral Heroes, Star Crusade. There's a lot. And I'm wondering, Next. is it a bubble? Is everyone just cashing because card games maybe are easier to make, or, uh, or it's just you know, it's just it's far easier to make a card game than it is to make you know a fully fleshed out world. So is it a bubble, or am I overthinking this? And it's just like, and it's just a new genre that's um, <laughs> catalyzed at the moment, and it's just you know, this is just going to be normal. We're just going to see lots more card games because of mobile or something. So I wanted to get the roundtable opinion here. Am I going crazy, or is there a card game? Digital card game bubble. I'll say no. Here's why. Card, okay, they're very simple games, like you said. They're easier to make, but they still require really good design to make a good one. So it's got the principles mm-hmm. of game design in there, but without the clutter of like, like so many. Like, it's easy to say MRPGs are like these big worlds, right? But so many MRPGs are basically empty worlds, right? Like there's nothing really deep going on. So cut the clutter. Give us the core design, interesting design. Uh, and then just like in the real world, there's so many card games you guys probably have never heard of besides like Magic and Pokemon. Mm-hmm. There's so many card games, and they're fun. A lot of them are fun. I think it's just a start of something you know, new, and I, I expect dozens, dozens more than this coming up. Okay, okay. so here, here's what I think. Okay, card games, there have always been a lot of card games. I mean, we had Yu-Gi-Oh!, we had Pokemon, the trading card game, we had Magic the Gathering. We've had tons of other ones that I can't even remember the names of because they all had animes, and then it disappeared like five years later because of something or other like i guess the franchise as a whole just kind of like fell off you know what i mean it wasn't specifically the card game anyways i think what's happening is we're seeing that a lot of companies are seeing that digital card games are popular right and they don't have the manufacturing costs like it, it takes a lot less capital to develop a mobile or pc-based card game than it does to make like a card game that you have to produce manufacture and put out to an audience in a retail store and i don't don't think it's a bubble i mean like i said card games have always been a big thing as long as like real like non um 52 card card games have been a thing as long as they've been a thing they've been big so i i'm just gonna say no it's not a bubble it's just a lot of people are realizing that they can do this and that this is a possibility, and this is going to cost them a lot less money than it used to cost them. All right, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not buying this argument from both you and uh, from from uh, you and Altai because it seems like everyone got this realization, this sudden realization that card games are like he, digital card games are their thing. Almost immediately after Hearthstone, 
well, the Super Data Research came out saying Hearthstone makes $20 million a month. Everyone jumped on the bandwagon after Hearthstone's success. We've had technology to make uh, digital card games well before Hearthstone. And obviously, we've had you know some card games online before Hearthstone, obviously, but we've seen major franchises embrace digital card games only after Hearthstone. Stuff like uh, Elder Scrolls, Fable, uh, like, big companies are throwing their weight behind, let's just do a card game. Why not? Because right after Hearthstone, it seems like this seems very reminiscent of the countless MOBAs we've had after the success of League and Dota. League and Dota made the market, and everyone just said, hey, we can do that too. And then they all went nowhere almost, besides obviously Smite, which did well, and you know, perhaps Heroes of the Storm. But everyone is jumping to the same market, the, the market, the same way everyone jumped onto the mobile market. And cl- these digital card games themselves are not really a big market. Hearthstone is a big market. What other game on this list is actually doing particularly well? Shadow besides Burst. maybe Shadowverse that just launched, right? Shadowverse is a franchise that's not in Japan, and it was popular there too. But what other card game is doing well besides Hearthstone? Do we have numbers on... Um... What's it called? The, the, the RuneScape one on Steam? Is that even on Steam? Yeah, it, yeah it's on Steam. It, it, it's less than 100 players online. Okay, so it's yeah, it's about 110 right now. And Faria never took off, even though I think it's the best one. I think Faria is an awesome game too, but didn't take off. They're, they're not on mobile yet, oh. which is the problem. Okay. They only have Android. They have Android um, in beta right now, and iOS, is, you can't even play it. That's so. a great point, Shu. Mobile. And, yeah. And, Mr. are you saying we've had technology forever? I disagree with yeah. that. If you play Hearthstone on your phone today, right? It heats mm-hmm. up like a monkey. Am I right? It drains, up, yeah. it drains the up. battery. And, it heat, and you feel it. So I don't believe for a second we had technology for years. We had technology for maybe like two years. And Hearthstone, I That's think, not fair. Why? Because the reason why Hearthstone's heating up like that is because of its finesse. It has a, a graphical quality. What? That causes that. You could make card games far simpler no, and make well, them work. Actually, that, that's, that's no, that, that's, that's actually a really bad argument because if the designers did it right... They could turn it down to a point where it still looks good, but plays well on mobile too without draining your battery. That that's all on the programmers and designers. I disagree with that. I also sure. I also disagree because I disagree in the sense that I think you're underplaying how important graphical quality is. No 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 that's no no, Wait, so no I get that but are you with me show or I can't. But it means you don't I need. I have a side point. A okay. side point. Okay. Oh uh, that's all right. Go ahead. Oh uh, all right. Here's my point. So you guys are saying the graphics can be toned down. And I think that's my, one of my bigger complaints with this game. I'm showing Astral Heroes on uh, um, uh, the stream right now. I played this earlier. Great game. I actually like the concept, but it looks so old. Like I'm not, I'm not saying that, though. I'm saying they could turn down effects so that they're not as intensive or something like that. I mean, there's a, there are a million things you can do to make things more I, optimized and run better on mobile. Okay, but and they all, don't always... Blizzard is a huge company, right? And they have, you know, like, Hearthstone is a moneymaker. They clearly have smart people working on it. But the issue is, I don't think you can tone it down much because the reason Hearthstone works, while other games don't, these card games, is Hearthstone feels butter smooth. Like compared, to, like this game I'm showing right here, Astro Heroes, and even Shadowverse, I gotta say, on Steam, it it didn't quite feel as fluid and smooth and and seamless as as Hearthstone does. I don't know if you guys have right. a comparison there. All that you you make that 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 legitimate concern that Hearthstone does run pretty poorly on mobile, but I think most people play Hearthstone on mobile. You look at the... We, we did see the revenue numbers from Super Data earlier. The mobile revenue is already a higher than PC revenue for no, the game. I'm not, so people are playing on mobile, and it seems to be okay for them. No, no, I, I agree. Hearthstone is fluid in mobile, on mobile. But my okay. point no. is, it, even, even though it's fluid mobile popular, it still kind of taxes the battery and, and the phone, right? Sure. And but what does that have to do with my argument that, earlier? Your, your argument was we've had technology for years. 
We haven't. If we have Hearthstone, Hearthstone desktop was making over $10 million a month, okay? And that's when everybody started jumping on this as well, okay? Forget the mobile side. Mobile took off for Hearthstone in 2015. Mobile Hearthstone is 2015. We had Hearthstone before that, and oh. it was popular, and all these games started coming out before that. So your argument about mobile really doesn't change the fact that everyone jumped on the PC. PC, we've had the technology forever to make a PC digital card game. And okay, they all well, started jumping on app. With that, I'll say, all right, well, Hearthstone had the brand recognition, right? For, yeah, that's very important. If you're if you're just a random game making your own game making your own card game, you need the mobile audience because one in a million people will be attracted to your game, right? Because it's so okay. niche. But on mobile, that's that's enough, right? On PC, it's not. Okay, but I think you have a point there is uh, to really get the wide player base to support yourself. You do need that mobile audience, and I do think mobile, especially now, is extremely important. I think a lot of card games actually hurt themselves by going PC first and mobile later. Oh, actually, I'm not really sure, but that's my intuition there. But we've had, we have triple A, triple A, I hate using that word, games like Elder Scrolls oh. Legends, you know, jumping on after Hearthstone. Even RuneScape mm -hmm. as a franchise. Okay, but some it. of the triple A games that are jumping on it, they might be. But like, what I'm saying is a lot of the smaller games, they've been doing this forever. It's not like all of these games are suddenly popping up just because of Hearthstone. It's just a lot of the larger companies are taking more notice of the um, PC and mobile card game genres. I think we have a very crowded market with a lot of flops. I mean, yeah. games like uh, uh, Feria, I think they're a lot of fun. I, I made a video for it. I streamed it m many times, actually. Have a lot of fun with it, but it doesn't have a large player base. Uh, Chronicles RuneScape Legends, great game, I think, but the player base is tiny. Look at Hex, Shards of Fate. Has uh, 236 users online right now. It seems like the only people that are making money in this space, maybe the really small studios with maybe one or two developers can survive, but it seems like everyone is jumping in, and they're, they're, I think they're all going to go bankrupt within, within a year. There's no way to get But what you're describing is just a case of all gaming. It's not like it's not unique to this genre. And here's the thing with mobile, at least with these card games, especially the mobile first smart ones, it's a fail fast, you know, low cost entry. You know, you you just design the you design the game on paper with a pen, right? And then you just put some graphics in. There's no like, you know, crazy net code, there's no crazy graphics, 3D environments. So the point from design completion to launch uh, is short, which also means the cost is low. So you can fail. You know what's nice times, uh, yeah. along those lines uh, about low cost? Card games also have one of the only acceptable given cash shops, right? You'll oh. never, you'll never get, an, you'll never oh, get an man. argument about a cash shop and a card game being unfair for the most part, because you know you're gonna just it's just about card packs. So you already have your monetization model in place. You don't have to you know think about it or try and tiptoe around cosmetic BS or something. It's just it's just card packs. That's true. And actually, about the monetization, it's pretty funny because Feria, I think they're on the original Kickstarter, they said, we're not going to be pay to win. We're going to be you pay for our game once. You get all the cards, right? That's our model. That's the only fair model, right? And when they launched, they're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> this is not a good idea. Let's go free to play, and then we're going to charge for packs. But, but guess what? We're going to make it fair. So if you pay once, you pay 50 bucks once, you get all the cards, right? But guess what? They actually got rid of that deal now. So now you can't even buy all the cards at once. You have to buy the packs or yeah, play the game. That's smart. That's smart. And here's why. I think one thing Fairy messed up on, and Fairy is still my favorite of all these games, right? Okay. One thing I messed up on is that $50 deal. I honestly, I enjoy playing the solo stuff or just grinding, right? And then saving up and buying a pack with my in-game gold. That, that to me, that's like leveling up. That's my sense of progression. If mm -hmm. I pay 50 bucks for all the cards, I think I'd stop playing after like a day or two. That's true too. Because like, the game's like player want, isn't that you know? vibrant. Yeah. I, so but you, you would. I don't think you'd feel that way if the game was like much bigger. 
if a lot more people played, your friends played. I don't think you feel that way. I think you only feel that way because the game is kind of small and like. Well, I mean, think of it this way: Magic the Gathering. So, so much of the fun is opening the packs and, and making a deck with what you got, right? But when you go online, let's say you can just make a deck with any of the cards. What are you gonna do? <laughs> I'm gonna search on you know one of the websites, tournament top tournament decks 2016, right? And then I'm, gonna make, I'm gonna make that deck if, my, if, if I'm playing digital, you know, Magic. So some of the fun is just you know compromising and just doing you know working with what you have, and uh, that goes away when you have everything. What popular CCGs did we have before Hearthstone? Can we name it? Can we, can we name any? We had a uh, on PC or on mobile. PC. Popular. I don't think we've any. We've well, had a uh, the Yu-Gi-Oh. I, I know you guys haven't really. I know you guys haven't really heard of it, but Altaïl was big enough that it spawned a sequel. Like it ran for years and then spawned a sequel. Yeah, they came out in two thousand and four. And I think they um. I think they mostly survived off of their Japanese audience, but I'm not 100% sure about that one. And then Magic the Gathering Online was huge. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm blanking on earlier card games off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, obviously any of the physical card games that had an audience before the digital era are going to... Well, that's not true because Yu-Gi-Oh! Online shut down really quickly. People, but people play on Dual Network, and it was that was free. People still play on Dual Network, which is a free-to-play browser version of the game. You get all the cards, you can play for free. And these are fan website or something, but people still play. Magic the Gathering, Magic Online is still chugging along. Yeah, again, if you have a pre-digital card game, that's okay. different. But we have digital card games now, and every these big studios are throwing money at it. Even the small studios, I think, are over-optimistic, and the market's not there. Look how small the player base is for these bigger games like Hex, RuneScape. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure. Is, is uh. The, Elder Scrolls on on uh, Steam? Not yet. Okay, because so we can't get any player data for that just yet. And I mean, uh, it's yeah. it's also unfair in some cases to say that it's entirely Hearthstone because a lot of them aren't really based on the Magic of the Gathering um, formula. A lot of the newer ones by smaller companies. Mm -hmm. uh, but you do have games like Hex that are probably failing because Magic of the Gathering exists and it's too close mm -hmm. to it. Uh, what do you guys think about? Somebody actually mentioned a good mechanic. Uh, he's saying that it's missing in a lot of uh, online CCGs. Games, whether you play Hearthstone, whether you play Feria, it seems like none of these games actually let you trade cards. Why do you think trading cards has not taken off? And that, don't you think that would enhance the fun security, a lot? Security. I would just log into your account, trade everything to me, you're done. Yeah, that, that seems, yep. that's the reason we can't have nice well, things, I guys. don't think it's like that. I think the, the reason that it hasn't taken off is they want you to have to pay for the packs. You, they don't want you to be able to get it by trading with other players. Like, say you get one legendary card your entire okay. game, and you only need one. You can trade it to another player and get the one you need, and then never have to buy another pack again. Theoretically, you know what I mean. I mean that's probably why they don't want you to trade. But, but there are actually, pros and cons of monetization. I, Obviously, honestly, you're right. They'll make more money. But hmm. that's a sec. Well, what Matt said is a secondary uh, reason, right? A simpler monetization. If everyone needs, if everyone has to buy packs, that's it. You're done. If you can't trade, but I really think it's security first is the main issue. Oh, so keep in mind, guys. Uh, Hearthstone came out in 2014, and Diablo three came out back in 2012. And I think Di Diablo three was, I guess, a test test case for the whole marketplace, real world marketplace in game. And they very quickly abandoned the idea of trading and in world mar in game marketplace because of hacking. But, they uh, did learn their lesson that you can't. That's that is that is unfortunate reason I think actually. It's security. I actually did have a secondary point that uh, Mabinogi or Mabinogi Mabinogi Duel um, actually has the ability to trade cards. Really? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay, I do think if you have a mobile card game, it's mobile only. It's easier to have security. 
Wait, hold, hold you're, up, not, you're not logging in via, you know. Hold, hold up. Is that, is, Mamenoki, is, that, is that the one we can, we can only trade, I think, in person, though, right? In local. I don't remember. I, yeah, I don't it, remember. It has some, it's kind, been of, so it has some kind of feature, I think, with NFC or something. You have to trade, you have to trade in cool. person. Yeah. You can only trade in person? Yeah. I guess that eliminates all of that, that issue. So with the hacking, yeah. Yeah. So it's just like real life. If you want to steal someone's cards, you got to, you know, just punch them in the yeah, mouth. Yeah, punch them in the mouth. Turn on Mebinogi Heroes. I'm here Has to anyone your ever stole your cards, guys? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Pokemon. I got my Pokemon right, right, cards. Minor, minor story. I've said, no, I've said it pretty much. No, nobody stole mine. They just ripped me off completely with trades. Or tried but, to. You know oh, I mean. tried to. Did you accept the trades, though? No. Okay, so you, you didn't, you didn't, you're, you're okay. You dodged the bullet. No, just nobody wanted to be the one getting, like, even equal. They wanted to get better. You know, I, I, I was too uh, with the trading. Imagine mm -hmm. uh, we can trade in Hearthstone, right? Yeah. Uh, I, and I, I regret my trade a day later, right? Okay. I can just, all contact was, I got scammed. He was telling me on Skype that he's going to, like, do this. He hacked into my account. He logged in. True. Da, da, da. And then, and that Blizzard has to answer, at least, right? Yeah. And then the backlog is so big then, because there'll be some legitimate complaints, and then ten thousand people with you know traders regret. So what do you do? That's true. Uh, security is, I think, the reason why we can't have nice things when it comes to this. I did have my Pokemon card stolen though at a at a magic at, at, at our first Pokemon convention. My brother and I went to. We were like twelve or thirteen. Some like twenty five year old, some older gentleman, an adult, asked to see my cards. So I showed him my binder, and he just he just ran off with it. He just literally sprinted with it after I gave it to him. And like really? obviously, like twelve adult to like yeah, a yeah, and That's and, and, and things he just walked away, just sprinted with it to the door. Like I, I I don't know, he and he didn't seem like disheveled homeless. So like I wouldn't give it to somebody who looked like really bad. He just looked like a normal dude. He's like, oh, can I see them? I'm like yeah, sure. And then How boom, he, he bolted. He bolted. And and before that, I had made some great trades. I ripped off other small kids. You know, I was like, give me these two <laughs> Pikachu, that, like uh, Alakazam, right? Like oh Pikachu, I want Pikachu. So I got all their uh, their foil cards, and I felt like really good. But then I got I got Dunzo at the end. But I guess uh, <laughs> life is rough, all right? That was pretty cool. People are assholes. People are assholes. It's some good life advice, kids. I got scammed once in Magic the Gathering. Mm. So this was when um, well, Blistering Firecat, whatever set that was in, okay? Mm -hmm. Onslaught, I think, maybe. Okay, so it just came out. So well, however, whenever it came out, that's how old I am. I, was, I wasn't that young, actually. I opened it, I got a Blistering Firecat. Yeah, it's worth like 10 bucks, right? Back then, maybe mm -hmm. more now. And then the guy is this older guy, like at least like 20 something. It's like, I'll trade. I'm like, no, this is like the best card in the set, or one of the best cards. I kind of had an idea it was good. Uh, and then he's like, I'll give you like five rares. I'm like, no. Like, I'll give you like 10 rares. I'm like, whoa, 10 rares. You know, like 10. Oh, <laughs> this is rare. Those are rare. You know? So like, <laughs> I fell for the quantity trick. Of course, these were like, you know, like 10 cent rares, right? But I made, always the garbage rares. I made the trade. I made the trade. Oh That's... my god, disaster! <laughs> the quantity is a is a is a is a good sell if you know if you're not aware of the values. But I can tell you, you know, anyone could fall for that. All right. I mean, I do hope more games have that. Games in the future that can handle the security are going to have trading because I do think some of the magic of these card games is being able to trade. And I feel like the cards have more value to you if you can trade with other players. Because, you know, maybe your friend really needs a card you want to give it to him, but you just can't. And I do feel like it really eliminates a lot of the social elements of these games that make it more, you know, MMO-esque. But, alas, we, we can't have nice things because of people. Can't have nice things. Well, before we start talking about more card games, about what we've played this week, I think we should briefly cover, or at least summarize, our feelings on Moo Legend. If you didn't see our Sunday Fun Day, we all played it together. Uh, it's an ARPG that's, I think it's closed beta test ending now. 
or does it go into November? Does it go to November eighth? I feel like you want to know it goes to November eighth. But I think we've all stopped playing because you don't want you know you don't want to put all that work in and then get recalculated. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was a really enjoyable ARPG. I think it's a lot of fun in party play. Uh, we do have a first look up on on YouTube and a Sunday fun day. Sunday fun day videos. Oh yeah, yeah, right that's true. So if you, I don't know if everyone's give give their roundtable summary of their feeling on Moo Legend. All right, I'll, I get, go ahead, Matt. It's an ARPG. It's exactly what you'd expect, basically. It's a good I summary. Mean, it's it's. There's nothing wrong with it, and it, it feels pretty good. It reminds me a lot of Diablo three in a lot of ways. Um, it it feels a lot like Diablo three to me, but um, it's an ARPG. I I don't have many like unique feelings about it. You know what I mean? It's just it's solid. It's enjoyable. And it's a good thing you can zone out on at times because when you're outside of dungeons, there's not much going on. It's true. Well, right. Right, huh? uh, I'll jump in. I-, I had a lot of fun with it. Actually, I was pleasantly surprised because, I, I mean, played Path of Exile, and that, seemed, that still seems to be like the gold standard of ARPGs. But the cool thing about Moo Legend is that it, that it has a persistent world. I mean, a lot of the, 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 dun- the dungeon stuff are instants, but having the persistent world, I, f- I feel like it adds value. It makes everything feel a little more meaningful. It's um, the spell animation looked pretty good. I, I again, I was pleasantly surprised. Only issue was the FPS drop. I just feel like there's a lot of things you could do. Whether you wanted endless tower, do your questing. Uh, the, there's, there's a lot of ways to customize your character with the soul uh, with the with soul levels. Even though each one doesn't feel that impactful, knowing that you have 500 levels of those to grind gives you something to work towards. You can level your pets up. It just felt like there was a lot to do. You can craft because you can, you can. Tr- you know, disenchant all your garbage loot, and then you get some goodies, you can craft legendaries when you meet the, the items for it. It just felt there was a lot to do. It felt like a pretty solid game, and for somebody that wants to play ARPG, even though Moo Online is still popular, and probably will be popular for the years to come, it's a game that you can't get into unless you started playing ages ago. Moo Legend is, on the other hand, obviously any game anyone can jump into because it's newer, graphics are pretty, and it's a solid game. And I, I'll probably play more when it launches, but I don't want to sync time into my character in close beta just to get myself wiped. It does need more classes, though. Uh, four is not yeah. enough. The fifth one's going to help, but I still feel like it has to have a little bit more. Uh, what I, do you guys I, think is a sweet spot for classes in that hmm? game? What do you think is a sweet spot? The number of classes? Seven? Right? seven? No, man. You need like 12. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm with that. We need like 12. Again, and, and the reason being, you don't need balance, okay? People are so caught up on balance. We've talked about this before, but I don't care if they're slightly imbalanced and one is stronger than... I want more options, okay? That way, like, I want to look forward to, like, oh, I want to try a new character. I want to roll another character. That is not what you guys were saying about Tree of Savior. Why? Because oh, they, they were, like, pseudo-classes, and, and the classes were just, like, these. it wasn't even about balance. Some of the classes were just bad, like, unplayably bad. You can screw up your character by making it unplayably bad in Tree of Savior. That's not a good option. They can you can be screw weaker, up your character un- by choosing the wrong class if they're imbalanced, though. No, here's the difference. It's not unplayably bad. If, if your character is just, just like garbage unplayable, that's different than being slightly weaker. So I'm saying designers should have more liberty to do fun mechanics, even if it creates some imbalance. Keyword is some imbalance. You can't be like unbelievably broken. I mean, Final Fantasy did that with Astrologer, and it was pretty shit when it first came out. Well, I mean, and, and they're facing it too. Yeah. That's, that's another thing. You, you, you can fix, fix it later. later. Yeah. You can yeah. Fix it later. Like, yeah. If you look at like League, right? There's like, all these heroes, and it's more or less balanced, right? And it's, it's sometimes when they launch, they're super weak, and it takes time to get things balanced. It's okay. It's okay to have... You just can't have brokenly bad heroes. That's the only thing. Bro- brokenly bad classes are going to ruin people's experiences. Brokenly good, too. 
Broken League good too. As long as you're somewhere in the middle where it's not overpowered and not severely underpowered. You can be slightly overpowered. That's fine. And I don't think players are really going to give, you know, balance is always going to be an issue, even if you try aiming for perfect balance. And you kind of, I feel like you kind of hold yourself back. I think you just need to have, like, I think the designers need to have agility to, like, be able yeah. to kind of, like, fix things as know, they come up. Fix things, you know, triage what's the important issues and mm -hmm. take care of it really quickly, you know? Mm -hmm. But it, it does feel very awkward. Just, I don't know. It feels like older games back in the day where there's Darts of Camelot, EverQuest, even EverQuest 2 now. They have so many classes, and that's like, it's nice because you can always play something different. Maple Story even has a bajillion classes now. Mm -hmm. And there's no way they're balanced. When you, when you have that many classes, they're not going to be balanced, but it's okay. It's okay not to be fully balanced. Full balance is, uh, if you want to play fully balanced games, go play chess. Okay, You have no business playing MMORPGs if you care about chess balance. Chess is balanced, though. Chess isn't balanced. Yeah, going first, OP. White, white master. Uh, white, white is black. Always plays defense on the defensive, pretty much. But <laughs> going first in chat. What is that? What is advantage going first? I just want to point out how hilarious it is hearing hearing someone that like mm. fixates so much on damage charts going on about how balance doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Balance charts are great, and balance doesn't matter. Those those two ideas can coexist. The da damage charts just kind of like they're just a fun mini game of like. Yeah. I mean, whenever we play it, like, you know, me and Amara are like, oh, you know, get wrecked, like, get out damaged, you know? But it's like, we're not like, oh, well, you know, it's, you know, I don't, I don't want to play this game anymore. My, my game's too unbalanced. You know, game's too unbalanced. I can't beat Omer and damage charts. Like, no one cares. You know? Yeah, I, I think those ideas can coexist as well. Damage charts let you actually improve your own game. Speaking it of, gives you a little mid game to work towards. Speaking of damage mm -hmm. charts, one thing I think we all liked in Moo was the fact that there was a built in damage chart. So when you're in a dungeon, you see your whole party's damage charts. What's remarkable is I don't think very many other games have built-in damage charts. Even stuff like WoW, it doesn't come with damage charts. You have to download it third party. Final Fantasy, you got to download it third party. Very few games just embrace the damage chart, and God bless Move for having in-game damage charts. You know? Yeah, I thought it was a great feature. There's a lot of good... Yeah. Um, th speaking of UI, oftentimes I criticize these Asian games for bad UI, but for, Mo for me, Move worked, and that's one of the reasons I think we liked it. It was never, it was never confusing where to go, right? Um... Things were clear, uh, and it just worked. I did like the Chinese look of the, the, the CP at the top left. That's only thing that kind of triggered me, only because of previous experiences with browser-based Chinese games. But beyond that, it's okay. There's a lot of stuff on the like top it. left, but you can typically find what you needed to. It could have been a little bit better, though. It needs a resize option. Oh. That also happens. The UI is also my biggest issue with Shadowverse, which I guess we'll get to in a minute. But Moo, yeah, Moo, it just... I don't like big fat UIs. Let me at least give me some versatility. Give players control over how they interact with the interface. All right. So there's some UI issues. But what about like the game world? Like now, I felt I had a no, good no, time. The game, I had a good yeah. time navigating the game world. I never felt sure. lost. So what? That's good. No, no, the UI works. You, you, you won't get lost. You won't feel overwhelmed for sure. I'm not criticizing it that way. It's just the 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 size. I like. I, I don't like. I like. That's why I like Elder Scrolls. It was a very minimalist UI. I like. I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a stubborn minimalist when it comes to user interface. In, in so, but other than that, yeah, fun game. Nice. But now let's get let's get right to it because it's going to lead us into our controversy. We've all been playing Shadowverse, so we're returning to card games for just a moment here. Uh, I happen to like the game a lot. I'm still proud of my ignorance and having never played Hearthstone. So maybe you guys can elaborate more on how it's similar because there are quite a few. Uh, big name Hearthstone players advocating Shadowverse, so I think that's why it's it's worth talking about. It's free to play on Steam. Uh, I like it. I've only really played the campaign because it's quite a lengthy campaign. Just kind of learning the cards. It's really simple. 
So uh, I don't know. You guys want to give some thoughts? Erhan, I know you. I saw your comment. I know you had some thoughts about it. Okay, my issue is, first of all, the UI, I don't like. And I like the fact that it's a story mode, but there's too much dialogue, which I don't care about. I'd rather you can just... skip, you know. Yeah, you can skip. Okay, but like, why is it there? Like, it doesn't add anything. For people who like it. Yeah. yeah. There's I a like skip it. button there. You like it? Yeah. No, I, like I, don't, it. I don't really care, but there's a skip button. Oh, my God. I mean, it's bad, but I still like it. <laughs> there you go. I like that. <laughs> That's a good evaluation. All right. All right. All right. Uh... Actually, I was pleasantly surprised with the voice acting. The voice acting itself, was, I think, was, was surprisingly well done. But I think we had this conversation earlier that these games don't need voice acting. Had they just ran with the Japanese voices, I don't think anyone would have complained, especially yeah. given the audience. Shadowverse is very clearly uh, a Japanese game, uh, it's kind of aiming towards uh, you know people that like anime. So these people typically enjoy the Japanese voices anyway. So I, I don't think it really add anything, but I guess they're typically they're, they're aiming for a much bigger audience than just anime fans because... It has over 4,000 concurrent players on Steam. It peaked at, I think, 7,500. And it's been doing really, really well. And this is not even counting mobile. These are just people playing on Steam. And Kriparian's playing it. And, and they're advocating go. it. Yeah, pro, very well-known Hearthstone players are advocating the game. Uh, I think Shu hasn't played Hearthstone either, right? Uh, yeah, I've only seen people play it. I, I counted it funny. at one point, but, like... I'm amazed that both Shu and Gumby have not played Hearthstone. Yeah. I mean, considering how many games Shu plays, too, but... I, 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 played, loaded yeah. I loaded it up, and I was in the game, and I was about to play it, and I was like, nah, and I just turned <laughs> 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 Sorry. But uh, it's obviously very similar. It's probably, people call it um, Weebstone, because, you know, Weeb for anime fans. Because it does have similar Hearthstone mechanics. Because you, you have stuff like, uh, instead of stealth, there's something called Ambush, where you can't target the hero. Instead of uh, Death Touch, it's called, I think, Bane. They've all just different words for the same thing. I have, a, I have a quick question mm -hmm. for Hearthstone players. So there's classes in Hearthstone, right? You have like different... Yep. Just like in... Just like in uh, yeah. but Shadowverse. It's, it's just they just have a passive, right? Like they have like... Or not a passive. They have like one active ability or something? They have one active ability and class cards. Yeah, Certain cards only they can use. Sets. Hmm. Okay. So yeah, that, that's, that's kind of what I thought. Um, what I like about Shadowverse is that the classes, they play very differently. Like the different... Uh, the different factions, and they all have their own special mechanic that, like, the other ones don't have. It's oh, yeah. not really an active. Everyone has the active with the promotion mm -hmm. power. Everyone has that. But then each each faction that you pick can only use, you know, they have a lot of cards that only they can use, and mm -hmm. um, the mechanics around those cards is completely different for each class. So, which kind of brings me to, to something I wanted to talk about before is uh, card game longevity. Mm -hmm. Uh, one big problem with with card games is power creep because how do you make more cards, right? Eventually, like you're gonna get you're gonna run out of design space, like going forward, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what like, what are you gonna do? Make you know one problem you had was what are you gonna do? Make cards that are just straight up better than other cards, mm -hmm. right? You're gonna run out eventually. So one neat thing about this is they can go horizontally. They can just make like another faction that has a different. True, yeah, effect. that's true. Yeah, because they can just keep going yeah. sideways, you know, and people will still want to buy packs and they, that way they can limit the amount of like you know vertical power that goes into the game they can like add a little bit different cards here and then bam here's a new faction you know like like and, i feel like that has a lot of longevity and to contrast to hearthstone hearthstone doesn't have mechanics like that because the, the hero powers in hearthstone are you know very specific whereas the the unique mechanics with characters in shadowverse are quite distinct i play the I'm, i've been playing the elf slash fairy faction 
So they have cards that if I play two cards and I play another card, they synergize well. So you play lots of cards to get certain effects. There's something called Overflow. After like five turns, your cards get really strong with one of the factions. It's a dragon faction. Yeah. Some of them are really, really different too. Like um, with the Necromancy faction, mm -hmm. like they have like soul points and stuff where like they, like certain cards give them soul points and then they can like buff their other cards with them. And then you have like um, like the Blood faction where their whole thing is about damaging themselves below 10. And then when you're below 10 health, you're like super strong. So it's like it's like a really like late game like type of thing like anything can happen you know, and then I play Haven which is all of your abilities they cast a couple turns later, but like you have to put them down on the board and then like for a lower cost, mm -hmm. and then like they have a casting time and then after the casting time is up they like transform into like a monster or something like that, so like 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 very drastically different like playstyles like coming. Wait, Shirley, which one are you playing? I play is that the Eris hero. Yeah, I play the. This one because everyone's playing, yeah. Fairy. I've been playing Eris. Uh, yeah, it's I've been like, are, are you having trouble with it? It's, it's kind of hard. I have trouble whenever I don't have ward cards come up. It's really like you need it's that... really dependent on the wards coming up to defend your hero while all your better characters yeah, are you, being time delayed. You need like, um, there's some early game like, like ward cards, but there's a card that gives all of your creatures ward, which is like really good. It's uncommon. It's not that exp it's like two hundred to craft. Yeah, I've only been using the. Uh, hey, we're going. We're going right too now. too much into. Right. My my main issue with it, honestly the presentation. Uh, initial reaction. I launched it. It launched Wait, a small what? window. Twelve twelve four seven twenty. Like, you know. Seven twenty. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's, it was stuck at thirty frames. You could you have to open. You have to change it manually. The battlefield just too bright, like it's green. The cards. I couldn't tell what they did. You had to click on them, and then on, on the left it tells you right. Whereas in Hearthstone, it tells you right on the card what it does. You know, you know what's hilarious? I actually was more impressed by the presentation because, like, I, I love the battlegrounds. Like, you can interact with different elements on them. Like, you have the knight that you can click on it, like the suit of armor, and it'll, like, swing its sword at you. You have the... Hearthstone has that, too. Hearthstone has that, too. It does? I've yes. never yeah. seen that in Hearthstone. That's, I've that's, literally never seen that. There's, like, Hearthstone's, like... You need, people have loved Hearthstone for those little mechanics where you click around. And I always not have done on. any of that then. All right. it feels like you could click on it. But th this, it looks like you can click on it. But anyways, and then I really liked the whole thing where you have to pull up your hand and like look at it because it, it's off to the side or then you're clicking on it like you're actually pulling it up to your face. I, you pull out each individual I card. Like I liked that. that. I don't like it that. Made me, it made it feel immersive to me like I was actually playing a card game. I like that. I don't know. Just... Too many extra barriers, and also okay. the cards were like squares, like uh, like uh, rectangles. They just seem sharp, edgy. I like the Hearthstone like cartoony, bubbly look better. Okay, the look wise, I think unequivocally Hearthstone presents the game a lot better. I love the mechanics in uh, Shadowverse. I'm pl I'm actually looking forward to playing it after this podcast. By the way, I'm really enjoying the game a lot. Right? Playing it right now. Okay, there you go. See, the problem is. When you first launched, I really hated the game at first. I was like, I cannot believe how awful this game is because it was locked at 30 FPS by default. The menu is at 30 FPS, but when you launch the game, if you haven't done it yet, change the 60 FPS, click escape, setting 60 FPS, and it will look so much better. When After I did that, I appreciate the visuals and the, the flow of the game much better. It's unplayable at 30 FPS, and it makes me want to just like stab myself at 30 FPS. But once you get the 60 FPS, it looks great. I do think the presentation of the cards when, you, when you're playing the game could be more optimized because you can't see the abilities until you look at the top left side. And the board is a little too bright. But beyond those minor complaints, the core gameplay is a lot of fun. I'm loving the game. But Hearthstone, I feel, just presents a little bit better.
But I'm sure Shadowverse can maybe change that in the future, but it's not a deal breaker regardless. I think it's a great game. It just visually and presentation wise, Hearthstone wins hands down. Core mechanics are still up in the air. And probably my favorite thing about Shadowverse is when you start the game, you have to do a tutorial. And after that, you can do some story missions. But the beauty is the game gives you like, 25, like 30 packs for free. Like 30 packs for free in the first hour of playing. I'm pretty sure that's. Isn't that like a Steam launch promotion? I hope it lasts forever because it's amazing. Because the game only has, I believe, currently about 550 or so cards. Because you have two sets, and then I looked at the craft. There's about like 500 cards, right? And if you get 40 packs for free, and I think it's eight cards per pack, you, you, have, you, have, you have quite a bit to play with. Like right, right away, I can start building a deck. I've got legendaries. I have so much to start with relative to a game like Hearthstone. You have so little to work with. So from the get-go, I have my own deck that I can play. I'm not playing a garbage standard deck. I'm playing my deck that I made without, you know, just... I didn't Google anything. I just made the deck on my own. It's fun. It's not perfect, but I can play with my own cards. And that's right off the get-go. I think it's awesome for Shadowverse. All right, so predictions here. I got Steam charts open. We're at 3,700 right now. Peak 24 hours, uh, uh, 7,800. Where where are we going from here? Is this uh? I honestly I think the UI being the way it is, the attrition is going to be pretty high. Most people aren't. I don't think so. I mean, I do. The, it it is marketed as uh Japan's number one card game. So mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's going to hold some water over here. It's the uh, 16th most profitable UI, game in Japan. UI wise, though, I think UI is more of a barrier to entry than an attrition. Yeah, there you go. People are just equipped. They don't like the UI. Well, that's, that, that, people, I mean, yeah. that's kind of what I mean. The, the launch, the guy who's going to get to the past the first few stages, the tutorial, because it's free, right? You're going to download it because it's yeah. on the homepage. You're going to play one or two stages of the tutorial and you're going to close it if you don't like it. I mean, I, I think a high number of people will do that because of the UI. I think. Uh, they, I don't think so. I, I think you're over, putting a lot, way too much weight on the UI, especially considering it's um, done well on mobile so far. I, I mean, that's uh, so I played it on mobile as well. I think mm-hmm. that's the problem with the UI is that um, it's made for mobile. I think that's the problem that people perhaps are desktop was a secondary was... thought. Like, yeah, was I, I think thought? it was. I think, I think it, I really think it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't played Hearthstone though, so that's another thing is um, if you're gonna grab people from Hearthstone, like having a familiar UI will help a lot, mm-hmm. but I don't play it, so for me, it doesn't really affect me. Doesn't make sense, like. Where yeah. things are doesn't affect me because I don't play it. I don't play Hearthstone. But, so you're not, you, yeah, you're not used to the buttery smoothness and niceness of Hearthstone. Yeah, it, I think anyone who's played Hearthstone can tell you it's just got a better, just, you know, like you better presentation. No, yeah. better presentation. Okay, yeah, okay. but I do think the I gameplay. Is, I love the gameplay. I hated people who played Hearthstone's, Hearthstone's like deck UI and everything. I don't believe anyone who's played Hearthstone for a lengthy amount of time will agree with you, Matt. I, and like I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know how long you played Hearthstone, but there's no way. People that play Hearthstone for hundreds of hours will agree that for even like twenty hours. Well, okay, but after okay, hours, but that's but that's but that's all Erhan's point, right? After about a hundred hours or so, like if you're playing that two long, hours even two hours even five hours about. even. I, no I played like five hours of Hearthstone, and I definitely did not like the deck UI, the selecting the heroes, all that stuff. Unless you didn't they even realize you could click the arena, like you clearly didn't explore the world in forget, Hearthstone. Forget like that's garbage. I'm talking about in the actual game of Hearthstone, right? Dragging my cards around, like my hand, right? Like I'm moving them to the field. Stuff like that yeah. just felt so much smoother in Hearthstone than it did in this game. It felt kind of the same to me, but I digress. You guys done comparing? I, I I'm do, we're do, not comparing. Discuss the game on its own merits. I think it's the game. I don't know where the player base will level off, but I don't see it faltering completely. I think this game is going to do uh, moderately well. 
and it'll be uh, when people get sick of Hearthstone, they they start screaming at the top of their lungs that shaman decks need to get fixed or whatever they say. <laughs> they'll come they over to Shadowverse. About? I know uh, a few. I, I know a couple people that played Hearthstone religiously, who have now are now playing Shadowverse, and I think it's going to really appeal to people who are kind of tired of another card game. They move to this, but I don't. It's not going to be like an esport with filling an arena, but it'll. It's going. I think it's going to do well enough. I mean, I'm having fun. I, I think so too. A lot of my friends that do play Hearthstone say that they they like playing Shadowverse more just because of the. Apparently, I mean, I'm not 100 percent sure because I don't play Hearthstone, but they're saying that Hearthstone gameplay has too much RNG in it now, apparently, and and Shadowverse doesn't have that, so that's why a lot of people are playing it. Well, let's get to the fun. Let's get to the really fun conversation. This is why Shadowverse was brought up, right? Because right. this is one of my favorite conversations. We've had it before, and it's about censorship. So Shadowverse is censored, if you didn't know. It's censored for the West, uh, the Western audience uh, in two ways. Uh, the first is understandable. Number one, uh, one of the characters has a quite a busty bosom, and it was covered up like one of those seen-on-TV cloths that you put along your cleavage. Uh, along with that, a card was originally called Satan, and it was switched to something like Dark Lord, I believe. Now, these are both very minor, and I don't really want to focus on the specific censorship that we're I want on. to focus on the double uh, That's fine, but what I really want to get at, ultimately, <laughs> is we've had this conversation uh, a year or so ago about Blade and Soul, and it has to do with games that are censored uh, for the West, and I'm, I'm a total... I, I live in a fantasy land where I believe people can, can get over their bullshit and can, and can you know, the, and these types of censorship things don't need to take place. And I get it from a business perspective, so again, I figure we'd all go around, Omer, of course, will focus on those double Ds, but I, I, I do think it's it's very silly. I think it's it's dumb and unnecessary, but uh, let's see what everyone has to say. Okay. Absolutely unnecessary, essentially the double Ds. They were glorious, and I say we keep them. Bring, change, somebody make a change.org petition, all right? Because we know how effective those are. Get me on the change.org. I'll sign it. Okay, I, I'll take the contrarian view. Okay, It's fine, and here's why. First of all, the original version, right? I'm showing now with the big boobs showing. Talk about talking about it. Abstractly. The boobs are the same size, technically. No, here's all the, the, the cover. This up. is not like art. It's not, to, it's not trying to make a point. Okay, they just this is just gratuitous, over-exaggerated nonsense that's popular in Japan. Like even like the little kids in anime, have big boobs and stuff. No, it doesn't add anything to anything. So, it's your character, her persona. People wear people wear side boob showing outfits nobody, today. People do it in public. Nobody walks around like this. She just happened. She happens to be better endowed than most. Uh, nobody most real walks around like this except for like in a strip club. All right. What? What, like this? Okay, well, my thought is that it, um, I, I think more so in the West, where we are less accepting of this, when we think of, like, not just gamers, but, like, it's it's on mobile, too, so when you think of the average person that's going to download this game and try it out, because it's a card game or whatever, it's just, like, when they see that, it's going to distract from the game. It, it's going to, they're going to see that, and they're going to go, what the fuck? What is this kind of game? Like, what are they trying to get away with here? You know, they're, they're not going to see the game. They're, they're going to see the double Ds that are popping and the, out of the game. And then they're going to click on it and play the game. Wait, hold up. Fine. No, it's not. Gumbo wants me to be more abstract. Right? I want to be more abstract. Before you get to the abstract, before you get that, you said nobody's going to wear this. 
We have celebrities that wear outfits like this, all right? She happens to have a bigger, uh, unreasonably large boobs, all right? So people do wear that, that design. Uh, the, the West is full of hypocrisy. The, the West, we are tolerant of this stuff, but it depends on the context, so... There you go. That's all I wanted to we, say. We are complete hypocrites. Don't give me this trash-talking the West nonsense. First of all, Don't Japan, give me your bullshit. Japan worshiper. is way more censored than we are. Japan even. I know that. I understand that. So don't give me this nonsense. Oh, first of all, censorship, right? To me, oh, I'm not doing a compare and contrast here, by the way. Don't Let's not let's Look, not get is carried there, away. Is there anything wrong with tailoring taste to a certain culture? For example, if, you, if you're a food company, right? And you want to no, sell I don't food. think so. There's nothing wrong with it, or there's. Oh no, 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 I do think I do think in this context, yes, I think oh. as far as games are concerned, yes, Just don't take it outside of games. But you want to make an example, keep it in games. <laughs> okay, what is a game? It's just a product, right? Oh, you, uh, you piece oh, of yeah. read Hans, read Hans hey, Luden's. They're trying uh, to sell uh, something. Home, read Homo Ludens if no, you want to tell me this, what a this game isn't is. This isn't like this isn't like a political con a commentary. This is a product to make money. Okay, they want to make money. I understand. Okay, and if covering that little thing with cloth is gonna make them money. Okay, because they can it can be rated E instead of T or yeah, whatever. I understand the business perspective, but that's again that's that's a you're you're giving me a practical uh, so reason for, for the censorship. I I don't see any uh, besides the financial point. I don't see any type of if this if this was done for some type of moral or or some type of of ethical quandary, which I think is what happens sometimes with censorship, and I believe it's what happened here when you cover up someone's so skin. Guy, I think it's ridiculous and people, unnecessary. The people in charge the, the of game, this game. Do you think they give two uh -huh. shits about ethics and morality? Some of them might. Uh, uh, the key point, no, I don't. Out there, do you think the audience for this game would uh, would not play if her, her tits were showing the way they were in it, the Japanese version? I think more people would play. No, Apple Store. I think listen, they hurt the Apple Store or App, Google Store might rate it differently. What? Might, no, they won't. The feature Come on. Yeah, yeah it, it could. could. It could. It really course. could. No way. Have you seen how they care? Not, okay, the Apple Store ratings are not the ESERB, okay? The way they do it is much, much different. And even if it just ticks it up like one number or however they represent it, what? it still changes it. It won't. It won't. Because if you see the art in the game, the in-game art for like the succubus cards are even are just as bad, if not worse. Yeah, right? oh yeah, they're, they're just as a lore okay, But here's my so the thing, argument though. about those the cards are, being different ratings is wrong, because they have cards okay, in the game that are worse. But okay. here's the thing. Those are cards. This is a hero that's in your face all the time and also is up on the screen as like one of those visual novel style cutouts all okay, the time sure. and so what? it's it's in a different like light than the cards are so i think when they see that and they want see a main character when they look at what the west is like they probably think okay what is the west like covered up. hold up <laughs> i i have no idea what that means i think that there is i I yeah. find this totally Gumble. offensive. Gumble. Gumble. The audience wants the boobs. I think I think it's time for people to grow the fuck up. I think our our prudish Christian values still lingering over over this uh, over this. But that's not the argument, though. This, this, that's this, this, not the argument. This is such a silly sensation. Hold on, hold on. I want to dispel right away what Matt just said. Are you Matt? Are you arguing that there is different tiers of uh set of like nudity in a game? I'm arguing that very clearly either a game is adult only or it's not. There's nothing in between. What do you no, show me? Not, show me. Omar, there's an editorial right. board at Apple, okay, in America. Okay, they choose what to feature in the in each country on their front page of the App Store. Okay, sure. If if they think if and again they could be wrong, but if the people porting this game think that there's a one in a million chance that they might not be featured because the Who guy cares at Apple, they're featured. That's every that's a billion dollar. No, difference. it's not. Yes, it is. The game is yes, already the game yes, is already huge. Is. 
There are a million editorials from companies about how featuring it made their game. Yeah, if they're like, a nobody, you're right. If, they, if it is a zero game that nobody's ever heard of, you need to be so featured. You're so naive right now. No. Oh, right. First of all, it's, it's sucking in America. 3,000 players online is shit. So don't tell Guess me. Guess what? It's number two. It's number two after Hearthstone. What are you talking about? It is the most successful card game they today want, after want, Hearthstone. They want 300,000 players. They don't want I don't care what they want. I don't care what they want. They're number two. They're number two right now. Okay, they're doing amazing. No, they, what are you no, talking they're about? They're not doing amazing. And they do, they, if they, you know why they're not doing amazing? Because they, they censored the boobs. That's why they're not doing That's why they're not number one, all right? The boobs are gone. That's why they're <laughs> so, not number wait, one. The argument is uh, they're making enough money. They, should, they shouldn't go for more? No. They'd make more money if they didn't censor no, the boobs. Wouldn't. They wouldn't. You'd, yes, they would. How? The audience for this game, they don't want the censorship. The audience Nobody for this game? Nobody is pro-censorship the, for the this. Weeb, Nobody. We people are going to play it anyway, right? Now they have to reach the uh, 300 million other people who, who aren't weebs, right, in America. They they're not to, reaching 30 million people. Let's not be no, ridiculous. The people who are going to play this game are going to play it regardless of the boobs or not. They want the same You're trying to say that a little bit of skin would dissuade somebody from playing the game. If no. you're going to play a game like this, you're playing no, it, it would, one way or the other. The only argument you've made that makes any sense is about the feature uh, exactly. aspect on the App Store. The, yes. Which is a total, which is a, a purely business argument, right? And I get that. I do. I just... I. I'm insulted because the fact that this has to be done at all within our system, if, if that's the case, it doesn't to be have to be is done. ridiculous. The difference between our system and the rest of the world, which you seem to think is like this whole nature, whole how funny. Don't don't put words in the my mouth. Go ahead. Is in this country, it's voluntary. The company did it to make money. In other countries like Japan, I get it. Okay, they got to censor stuff by law. Like I'm like, saying, they they did it to make money. I agree. That was okay. their reasoning. But I think yeah, no, that I totally I get that. They're not helping themselves. I don't think. Is all I'm saying. I don't think this will net them more money. I, I don't right? think it will. I think, it will I think it'll money. blow over in about a week. Nobody will care. The people that have care about it will have modded it by now so that it's uncensored. Yes. And things will go on with life. Like, like life will go on and they'll continue to make more money than they would have if they did not censor it. Not one for the week record, will stop playing because of this. For the record, not a single picture of Isabel is even visible on the game's App Store page. So whether she's got giant tits or no tits, it doesn't matter. She's not, she's not, even, she's not even visible here. You can't even see her until you download the game. <laughs> so what's it matter anyway? They can present the game however they want and to whatever audience they want in the app store. And I don't think gamers are going to be offended by big boob girls. Gamers you... won't be offended. I agree. Soul Calibur is a mainstream game and Ivy's boobs get bigger every single edition of the game. <laughs> okay. Soul, Soul Calibur is also is not, not a household e. name. Soul Calibur is not rated E. And Soul Calibur is not a household name okay. either. Omar. If it costs you nothing to reach a bigger audience, except putting some pixels on this, and if you don't do it, you're retarded. First of all, I think there are what Pe people. I am in no way convinced that the censorship helps them reach the censorship a bigger audience. I'm convinced. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think understand the audience. The gamer. Yeah, I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. A lot of people in China, right? They don't like skeletons, okay. right? Let's say tomorrow mm -hmm. the government says, "Okay, you don't have to. You don't have to censor the skeletons anymore if you're a Western game in China." But let's say you are porting a game, and some Chinese company. Volunteers to freely center the skeletons. You cut off. You cut off. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Cut off. Oh, sorry. Okay. So in China, right? Let's say you have a game. Would you put the skin on the skeletons if you thought it would reach a bigger audience? It's not required by law anymore, and it costs you nothing. And I would no, do it. And this is even sillier because it's just a skeleton, right? Look, what nobody's. In, in culture, they did it offensive. to make money. Right. We get that. We get okay. that. They did it to make money. No, I'm not arguing the moral side. I'm saying they He's did it to make money. That he doesn't think that it's going to make more money. Yeah, I'm saying that that move is. is yeah. yeah, it's it, it, it only hurts if anything. It's gonna be very small regardless. So I don't think, think it's gonna, gonna lose money. make or break the game. You think they're gonna no, lose it's money. not gonna make or break regardless. But it was a stupid decision because the gamer audience, based on 
literally sexualization of female characters. Look at League of Legends. Look at Soda. Look at the skins in that game for some of the female characters. Big boobs and showing off boobs does not hinder the most successful online PC game in the world. But hold on. What makes you think first of this all, is going to hurt this? First of all, even the new version, the censored version, is already sexual. So who cares? What do it's No. Like there's more sexualization in League of Legends. Misfortune, arcade Misfortune skin is showing, showing off okay. her more more skin than this character. My point what does it matter? They didn't put a burqa. Okay, on but this is an argument sexualized. about it's what's like, more and less sexualized. Yeah. Okay. You said okay. less sexualized is more money. You, but, I, I, okay, League of Legends is an example of that's not true. League of Legends is such an outlier, and they don't have anybody to answer to. They publish it themselves. It's on their site. It is nowhere else. Literally nowhere else. They right. do so what I, they want because they have the leisure to do what they want. Wait, have you played any video game that lasts like 30 years? Female characters are sexualized pretty so, typically okay. in any so, game. All characters are sexualized, so, not okay. just females. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all, fine. all characters, you're right, all characters, you're right, all characters. I admit, fine, all characters. Okay, what people do it all the time. Well, well, that's not an issue. Different arguments. Don't have oh, you have a business argument, right? That's, okay. that's a bad argument well, to have. That's a bad, bad argument to have. You know why? why? We're just we're, we're third-party punters. The people actually porting this game had this discussion and they decided wrongly or rightly to do companies yeah exactly wrongly okay. wrongly so, it's what i'm so saying we can't, okay sure but we can't argue that because we don't know their mindset and okay we sure and they, and they might have the numbers to prove they were right we don't know but i think gumbo at least is having a point we can actually discuss which is like the artistic slash you know he he agrees practically they might have made the right move for business purposes they may have i don't think they did though it's all i'm saying yeah. i don't uh, think they did sure. okay so gumbo what 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 sensibilities is being hurt by the censorship from your from the non-business perspective I think it's disingenuous to the intentions of the developers. Yeah, they I think, I, think I, I, I prefer if something is made in its form and there's any type of censorship, regardless of how stupid or minor it is, I see it as being disingenuous to the original intentions of the developers, especially when it's made by a, a third-party publisher. Okay, but I think, I, see, I agree with that. I agree with that. Okay, I, I can agree with that entirely. But the fact of the matter is that not everybody does, and non-gamers are less accepting of it than we are. Again, but, okay, but this, we're only talking about gamers. We're not talking about yeah. non-gamers here. But non-gamers don't have a place in the conversation. On the app store is what we're saying. As what I'm saying. The what? Just whatever. He's not, Just whatever. He's not getting. Okay, here's, here's the thing, Bumble, with you. Then, what? So you're saying the artistic values diminish, right? Sure. In a sense, sure. But this is a new piece of art now. But it's not the original. You could say well, you know, it's you, not a new piece of does, art. It's does, an altered piece of art. Okay. of art. All art is, you know, derivative. This is a new form of art for the Western. But, no, that's not. That's not what you say. That's not what new form of art means. What this, what this is is it's it's an obfuscation of an original piece of art. It's like me going to a, a piece of Picasso and putting black paint over it. That's what it is. Oh. Would I call that a new piece of art? It no, is. I would say I put something over an no, old piece not, of art. Yeah. But I'm not gonna go. Let's not go down this rabbit hole. Anyway, so I guess. Uh, that's our censorship conversation this week. Look, rather, rather than keep going, we got to get the other shit. Censorship, if it's not forced, this is this is this is just a company deciding no, to present a different piece, different product. This is voluntary censorship. Yeah, it's voluntary censorship. I'm not getting into the semantics of the word censorship right now. Come on. I think it's an important distinction. If <laughs> we should have it in the post game, then okay. okay. All right. Uh, you heard it here. For, you heard it here, boys. Uh, Remo and Gumby are pro double Ds. Pro double Ds. Altai and Matt are, uh, hate the double Ds. <laughs> Shu, you've been a little quiet. What do you? Let's get one more word from Shu. Let's move on. I'm, I'm pro double Ds. All right, Shu's pro is. double Ds. There it is. That's the panel. So I guess Matt and me are on one side of this, and then you three. Yeah, uh, I've been on Matt's side like three or four times so far. Uh, I'm on. I'm in the same. same We're digging a trench here. Where... 
The trenches are being dug. They're digging a trench. I just don't think. I, I, Erhan's I, suddenly become more grounded. What the hell happened? <laughs> and everyone else has gone cuckoo. <laughs> right, let's get to. Uh, there's something we have to comment on uh, as being part of the industry. So I guess we'll get to that now uh, mm -hmm. before we get to interesting shit, which has to do with uh, Bethesda. I'm sure everybody's heard we're kind of late to the game, but it only I think it only happened this past week, right? After the last podcast. Yeah. Where Bethesda basically said, and correct me if I'm wrong, they will uh, no longer give reviewers copies of their game uh, prior to the game's release. So say like you're a reviewer, you're Jim Sterling, you would get a game three or four days before the game would officially release, so you could provide Sometimes a review more. the day of. Much more usually. Sometimes more, yeah. Um this kind of news doesn't really affect us too much because most of these games are free to play. But uh, a lot of people were pretty upset by it because basically uh, it forces reviewers now to try and push out content the day of a review, which will hurt the quality of a review. So if I'm IGN and I have to review, say, uh, Fallout 5, I'm going to be writing the review the day of, and I don't have the time to properly plan. Um, so I don't know. Uh, we have to have a conversation, I guess, or at least talk about it. Anybody mm -hmm. want to answer that? I know I didn't cover everything. Go ahead. All right. The, ultimately, the people are, especially people like Total Biscuit, has made a really good video on this. And his ultimate point is ultimately it gives less information to consumers. Because if reviewers can't have adequate time to play the game, people cannot make, um, people have to kind of buy the game without knowing what they're buying. And he's, Total Biscuit would argue that, you know, if, if developers are confident of their products, they should have no problem giving the uh, consumers as much information as possible. And that's done through, uh, through reviews. And now, the policy is, of course, uh, one day before the game comes out, they will get their they will get their copy. So, I, I it just seems like pretty obviously the reviewer the, the game studios want to have give less power to uh, the reviewers. They want to they want to make sure consumers are uneducated and they don't have all the information. That's and not. It fair. just seems like I disagree. why? How's that not fair? Okay, if you're a consumer, right? I say game comes okay. out today. You can you, you guys guess what? Gasp! You can wait a week. <laughs> Yeah, you could. This, this, Consumers this, do have power. This, it's this, true. Is, this isn't like there's a gun pointed to your head. You gotta buy it. The literally the, the hour it comes out. Oh, not you, you make a different argument though. I I'm not. They have they, they have less. They they they, they no, they have less choice. Before they had there was more information on the game available at launch. But who are these magic gatekeepers? Or why do they? Why why should Bethesda have to give information? Like, they, they shouldn't have can, to, right? How can I be anti-consumer if I don't give my product for free to like a, a group of people, self-proclaimed you know critics? So I. I I don't. I don't get that. Like, the I, practice I existed for not giving away stuff. No, the practice existed, and now the practice has changed. And this yes. change in practice is anti-consumer because now, on day one, consumers have less information about the game than they did prior. Before they there were reviews for the game already out because people, the critics have played the game for for quite a bit of time, and they put out their reviews. And now there will be less information. So by definition. The change in practice is anti-consumer. You can argue, fine, that who are these self-proclaimed gatekeepers? They have no right to the game. Fine, you're right. Maybe they don't. But <coughs> they had that, that practice was in place for a while, and now it changed. The change is anti-consumer. You can argue that okay. it never should have happened in the first place. That's different. There are a few different sides to this, and it's that, um, well, first off, it's very obvious why they did this. They want people to go out and buy it day one yes. without reviews being there. It's, yes. It's so obvious that that's the That's the, the reason. reason. Yeah. Okay. I mean, but... The, the other part of it is this hurts literally everyone. So consumers don't know like what they're buying. Um, inevitably, if this trend continues, consumers will not buy games on day one because they will wait for reviews if other companies start picking up on it because they don't know what anything is on the first day unless they're like super hyped and they're going out and all that mm -hmm. stuff. Because, I mean, there have been 
reviews that have come out literally like a week before the game has come out and at times. And then there was the one time when uh, uh, Alien Isolation, some site broke embargo. So what they decided to do was just let everybody break embargo three days early. <laughs> but um, it also hurts news outlets because they're going to be pushing to put out lower quality content on day one to like support their readers. And then when they finally do put out the full review, it's going to have been too late for a lot of people. And, or if they do like a partial review or they're just going to put out bad content because they were rushing. I mean, it's, it's literally only going to benefit Bethesda and it's only going to benefit Bethesda under the stipulation that people don't wisen up to it. I, I also think that it actually can hurt if you're, if you, you have confidence, like say your game is actually a good game, mm-hmm. it's going to hurt your momentum in the long run of people waiting to buy it because launch is a huge deal. Yeah. Right, the launch day is a, is a big deal. People want to be on that train, like once it 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 leaves, hype right? Train. Yeah, the hype train, exactly. But um, if this trend continues and people wisen up and say, "Look, we're gonna wait before because we want reviews," because you know you guys are fucking us over with your shitty games. For the mm-hmm. good games, it's gonna really hurt them because people are gonna wait that out, and that's gonna like lower the momentum. Because when when it's big, like when you hear like, "Oh, games are sold out in stores everywhere," the more you want that game if it's good. Plus, right? you want to experience the game at the same pace as everybody else, and that's yeah, going to be that on launch too. day. You know, you want to have that shared experience. Yeah, I mean, the, that's a good point as well because if even like two or four people buy it on the first day, and it's literally just like two or four people in like four different regions of like the U.S., and that's it. You know, like they have like twenty launch day sales. If even one of those twenty people documents any of it, they've already spoiled the game for you. Exactly, and there's so many people now that they could potentially fall as like this, early, you know, reviewer category, right? All big streamers, YouTubers, mm-hmm. like you know, sites. Um, that there's no chance the game is going to be a surprise when it comes out if they don't, if they give you know preview copies. And and it's like this: imagine like a lockbox in, in Dota or something, or Counter Strike or whatever, okay. or a card pack in Shadowverse. You're saying, oh, if I can't see what the car- what are- what's in the cards before I open that pack, it's it's anti-consumer. No, you, you gotta take a chance. You know, roll some dice when you buy. It. If, if, if so, you if you're gonna buy a game day one, right, with, without reading any, without doing any homework, right, you, you you're gambling. And 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 guess what? If you want to gamble, that's your right. You can't you can't go to a casino, lose a ton of dollars, and say this casino is anti-consumer. No, no. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. These review copies can people a lot of people say people don't really buy games off reviews. You're right. Very often people don't read reviews. It's fine because I feel like the age of reviews have been kind of dying for a while. But um, if you look at a game like No Man's Sky, for example, that game, No Man's Scam, is, is known as today. They didn't send out review copies. Alta, do you know why? Why? If they sent out review copies, people would realize there's no multiplayer and they lied about it. Or you could just but, not buy a game day one if you don't want to get I just, I just, people want to have that shared experience on a hype game. It was the most hyped game of the year. And people are good, whether you like it or not, people, people want to have that shared experience. And they were literally lied to. And this lie would have been obvious in review copies. They didn't give any review copies because they realized if they did, People weren't going to buy their game because they lied and they made okay. this bullshit about this multiplayer. So then we can look it's at anti-consumer. We can look at them. We can look at review copies as a bonus, right? I don't think it's anti-consumer. It's that's like saying if, if I don't get stuff for free, you're you're anti-consumer. The move is anti-consumer. Save a free trial. Save a free trial, right? To Netflix or whatever. The the, the point the point that Omer is trying to say is that the the action is is anti-consumer. If if it was like. Because it's against what is the current like. Yeah, but if, yeah, if it never existed, you're right. Okay. If, if it existed, and, you're and right. My, my my counter to that point is: imagine I'm on a free trial for something, right? Like let's say okay. let's say Windows Windows Seven was doing free update to Windows Ten till July, end of July. Okay, 
Okay. There was a free, there was a free update, and they got rid of the free update. Okay, that's anti-consumer. They don't have to give their product for free forever. They were doing a promotion. Also, review copies are. Okay, I've got a They want our game is so great. We want everyone to review. You know, these people, these hundred people, to review it and say how good it is, right? Because they think it's good. Otherwise, they wouldn't give review copies, like you said, right? Okay. The game sucks. Erhan, they're not going to give review copies. It's a promotion. Probably, probably a better analogy would be: Is it anti-consumer to offer a free trial and then force you to subscribe to the first month? I think a free trial after a subscription and then a subscription after is fine. That's not anti-consumer. It's pro-consumer. No, I said force you. Force you. They can't force you. Well, how are they forcing you in this case? It's not really a free trial then. If you if you have to subscribe yeah, at the really end. Free. <laughs> yeah, free I'm just saying it, that that would have been but a better comparison. I, I don't buy it. I, I think okay. Here's a here's a question then. Do you guys think review copies were a form of promotion for the company? I think they always yes. were. They were always. Sure. That's the way the company's always thought of them. And if they've decided okay. that promotion is not yielding, you know, bang for this buck, they can change that policy. And it's, I don't think it's a. Uh, I don't think we're saying they're evil or they're not within their rights to do this. Okay, obviously they're well within their rights as a developer to do this. I just think it will result in less information for consumers. Is yes or no? Less consumers sure. will have less information sure. at launch day. Okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah. okay. And that that in and of itself hurts consumers' ability to make decisions, uh, uh, informed decisions. Yes or no? So perhaps on, the anti-consumer is a wrong one. Sure. Yeah. 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 But it's not. Okay, so I don't buy the anti-consumer okay. label. Right, maybe I, I labeled it incorrectly. Okay? Yes. Maybe it's not anti-consumer. It's it's what I just present. It's that. Sure. But again, that's like saying if Amazon gives college students free Amazon Prime, right? And okay. then they graduate college and now they got to pay for it. Anti-consumer. You were getting fine, a promotion. It's fine. You were getting fine, a promotion. Get rid of, fine. Get rid of the word anti-consumer. Fine. Okay. So anti-consumer, it's it, it's resulting in less information sure. for, for yes. consumers. And yeah. Again, Do you guys know what motivated this whole change? What was it? No. It was Doom. So Doom is now hailed as one of the best shooters in recent years, right? But if you remember, I even made a video for it. Um, the, the way they, they beta tested it and, and basically tried to hype it up was the multiplayer. And people and critics shit on it. So I think what happens is when games release day one, most games now have a day one <laughs> patch. So those day one copies, those review copies, aren't reflective of the product that the company ultimately delivers to the consumer. And so because of that divorce between... Uh, what a game is before it got in the hands of, say, the everyday person versus what it was in the reviewer's hands. Now, comp I think that's what Beth is motivating Bethesda. Because there's so well, many day one patches. Uh, I mean, most big releases end up with a day one patch now. It, it should also be noted that most people viewed um, Doom's multiplayer beta as a bad Halo clone, and perhaps they just made a bad choice in doing the multiplayer beta in the first place. I think they did. I thought it was terrible, but I hear the single player is great. And then... Uh, there's also other arguments like the infamous Polygon Doom video. Oh, that one, that's where a non-gamer, or whatever you want to call them, played the game. It's pretty it's silly. Just, it, mm -hmm. It's infamous at this point, but that, that's also what happens with some certain review copies or early release copies. You know, it's funny. I'm, at, I'm with you on this one, actually. Uh, look, consumers, as, as gamers, as players, as consumers, ultimately all the power is in our hands, right? Just mm -hmm. choose not to convert on day one. Wait until the information's out. Realize that since Bethesda, if any other company does this, just wait. Wait for somebody else to buy because someone always will. And unfortunately, <laughs> no, you won't be part of the hype train with everyone else. But it's it's your wallet that's in. And so, if you want, do you want to gamble or do you want to wait and find out whether that's worth your money? I, I don't uh, think I don't think Omer is disagreeing with that though. Yeah, no, no, I, I don't. I, no, I, and I agree with Omer too in that it's yeah. it's because it's a change in practice. It is. Oh, we're doing it's, a technicality, it's, honestly. He's just it's a, a bit, it's a bit shitty. It's kind of like 
if someone came up to me and they're like, I'm going to give you this free piece, I'm going to give you a free loaf of bread every day. And then one day they just say, oh, I'm going to stop giving you that loaf of bread. Now, now you got to wait a week. All right. <laughs> you know, because, it's uh, like it's giving someone something then taking it it's away. Not it's not the same. It's not the same. All right. So here, here, because my opinion always gets wrapped up in stupid technicalities and trying to jump in Go for it. moments. Go for it. I do think that this borders on anti-consumer. I don't think it's anti-consumer, but like it, it borders on something that could be considered anti-consumer because, of course, they have less information the moment the product is out. And the moment the product is out, I believe that consumers should have all the information they need. You know, it's it's yeah. out. I mean, it's it's up for like purchase. But at the same time, I do believe that it's in the consumer's hands. And if they're looking at a game like No Man's Sky and you're like, I don't know what this is except for what interviews with Sean Murray have told me. I have yes. literally no proof that this is multiplayer. Then it's also on you. I mean, it's not entirely your fault because you were told this at some point, mm -hmm. but you should have done the extra research when you sat down. You saw that it was $60. You saw that you haven't actually had anything confirmed for you. You should have thought about it. That's all I'm saying. Yes, I, I agree. Uh, in certain situations, you can literally be lied to as a consumer. Sucks. And that, that's a problem when you're actually literally lied to. If you're disappointed by the game stops, it's different. When you're lied to, it makes it even worse. And like, then there's some, games, yeah. there's some games where they've actually come out and made it look like certain things were features, but they weren't disingenuous because, of course, all that was in the game, it just wasn't what it looked like. Mm -hmm. It's true. This is why free-to-play games are the best. All right, you yeah, play we for free. Play yeah, this is why it does, does it? No, and that's why I love free-to-play games. If you don't like it, you just don't spend any money in it. You know, it costs you nothing. It costs you a download. That's it. And if it's a if it's a Chinese game, a little bit of Chinese spyware on the side, but it's okay. It's free. Very beautiful. You get a Baidu link on Skype. That's how you know. That's I know. You know <laughs> all, right, all right, guys. How many Baidu links have we got hit by on Skype lately? At least six <laughs> like or seven. Six. Oh like my god. Like three. I think three. <laughs> yeah, it's silly but yeah i'm sure everyone's getting hit by those too speaking of I games, step authentication i turned oh, it on smart again good, good play good play i think we need to get to the uh, interesting shit of the week that's a which good is idea. our segment where we roll through a whole bunch of news um at uh, random before before we do that i want to ask you oh, guys sure. a question i asked in the in the pregame because i thought it was pretty good uh this is again typically affects uh buy to play games or you know non-free-to-play games what is everyone's uh, threshold for a game that they will buy without thinking about? Because I know she wasn't here either. Like a game that's like five dollars on Steam, so I'm gonna buy it. I, I, I'm not gonna do any research. If my friend says buy it, let's play. It. I'm gonna buy it and play it. Right? Five dollars. Five dollars. Magic number. number. Twenty. Ten dollars. Ten dollars. Twenty. No, 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 no. Twenty is the. Twenty is the. I'm, I need to think about it. Okay, so fifteen. Good. You won't think about it. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Matt. I have two numbers, okay? okay. And this bear with me. Ten is where I'm looking at it, and it doesn't look great. But some people have said it's pretty good, so I'm just gonna not think about it and just get it. Or mm -hmm. I look at it, and I'm like, okay, this looks fun for an afternoon. Ten dollars, you know. Fifteen dollars if it looks decent, like it looks like pretty good, you know. That's where I won't think about it mm -hmm. as long as it looks pretty good. It doesn't have to have anybody talking about it as long as it looks good. Fifteen dollars is where I don't think about yeah, it. Yeah, I think I think I'm with Matt on that one. Yeah, Matt, Matt, Matt explained it pretty good. Mm -hmm. I'll go with that too. We we all we all have our thresholds, right? Maybe maybe I'm the cheapo of the group, but five oh, dollars is for me. I'm the five dollar. I'm a fiver kind of guy, right? You know, anything more than a more than a Lincoln, I gotta think about it. All MMOs.com journalism is bought for five dollars at a time. <laughs> fiver, fiver, baby, the best. Beautiful. All right, I got a, right. I got an interesting shit of the week. Oh okay. please, have at it. 
All right, which is a bigger gaming company by revenue, guys? Uh, AT and T <laughs> or Nintendo or Square Enix? I want to say Nintendo or Square Enix. Well, I would like to be able to say that. I've already heard this. Okay, so I've heard it too, and I thought it was being Nintendo. So here's a cool uh, little chart. Uh, New Zoo uh, does uh, top 25 companies by game revenue. Okay, number one is Tencent, Chinese, with League of Legends. Uh, then Sony. Actually, I'm kind of surprised Sony's still so big. Bigger than Activision Blizzard. Massive publisher, that's yeah. why. Massive. Microsoft is four with Xbox. That makes some sense. Five is a surprise too. Apple. Apple gets a 30% cut of everything in the App Store, and that alone... It's enough to make them bigger than EA. That's crazy. That's crazy. They make no That's games on their own, Apple. Uh, then we scroll down. Uh, Google is on this list because of their Android store uh, revenue cut. We scroll down to Warner Bros. Warner Bros. is uh, getting bought out by AT&T. And that's why I said AT&T. It actually makes more gaming revenue than Square Enix or Nintendo. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That's absolutely nuts. Nobody thinks about AT&T now as a... As a gaming company, but they make more than Nintendo and the gaming market. That is crazy. I made this joke before, but in ten years when we revisit this list, it's going to be one game, one company. It's going to be called Tencent, and they're going to own everything else. Tencent, <laughs> China's coming in for you. I wouldn't be surprised, man. Tencent is a beast. We've talked about it before. They bought Supercell. They own League of Legends. They own a piece of Epic Games. Tencent owns a piece of Activision Blizzard, like over ten percent. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Tencent just bought all of Blizzard like next year. What, they what's, have the money. Uh, what's Caesars Interactive Entertainment? That's uh, that's that sounds like a pizza place. No, that's no, a casino. that's a casino. They're, they're oh, casino. real? Oh, that's the casino they're, Caesars. They're social, uh, no, game gambling apps. Wow, are those really that big? I mean, it's not like, that uh, big. It's it's like yeah. number twenty. That's still let's talk about 20. the drop off before even like number five here. Uh, let's go up and look at those numbers. Yeah, there's a huge difference between the top like one and then the top next four. Like, mm-hmm. It really drops off. But yeah, it's a cool. Right. I love numbers like this, and it's just interesting, interesting stats. Uh, Nexon is bigger than Nintendo. Think about that. <laughs> so for all uh, you Nexon haters, they they're doing better than Nintendo. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! They're not like most people company, are doing better. They, than they make Nintendo more money right off now. games, gaming you know, revenue. more revenue. revenue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay. okay. they make a lot of hardware revenue that's not being counted there, probably. Mm-hmm. Because Nintendo is only counting their their gaming, you know, yeah. software sales. Mm-hmm. Well, Nintendo, Nintendo might not even be on this list, list if the Switch doesn't do do well. Mm-hmm. Guys, uh, Tencent owns twelve percent of Activision Blizzard. I'm I'm gonna make a bold prediction, guys. At Tencent Go is gonna buy Activision Blizzard uh, next year, 2017. Really? Next year, that's a big quick? pill to swallow. Activision's big. Who cares? They spent. They, they just casually spent ten billion on Supercell. They can whatever they spent. They can they, they can swallow Activision Blizzard. I don't know. And they might buy like they might buy like sixty percent, and then basically make it you know a subsidiary. I, I don't think they're going to. I don't with, think so. They're they they're worth over fifty percent of ten cents. No, 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 no. Activision Blizzard is worth thirty-one billion dollars today. Ten cents is worth well over two hundred billion. It's not even close. That's okay, well, I was looking at, I was looking at full like, year here. It's still All like right. fifteen twenty percent. The two hundred fifty billion mark. Yeah, it's like it's like fifteen percent. They can do it. They're going to do it. I'm calling it. Next year, going to happen. Time to buy Activision Blizzard, boys. Speculate on Activision Blizzard. They're going to get bought. They heard it here first. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fake insider tip. It's an outsider tip. A tip from the outside. <laughs> it's worth exactly zero. <laughs> if you make money, buy me a pizza. If you lose, I don't know you. From right. Caesars <laughs> Entertainment. Here's my, here's my prediction. Ready? Apple's going to buy, buy EA. And here's why I say it. And the only reason. The logos together look cute. Like, imagine just like it looks EA. good. Yeah, they, they could just put them on top of each other, and it would look cool. That, that looks nice. 
Or, you know, you need to put the EA symbol inside the apple. Exactly, exactly. Oh, that, that would look really good. I could see it. They 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 feel like they would go together. No, they, you, how about this? You shrink the EA logo 50% and you put it into that little apple bite. Oh, yeah, yeah. And look at that. So, so you can see the apples oh, eating up EA. <laughs> wow. Love me the numbers. All right, next. That's my interesting shit of the week. That was some pretty good interesting shit. I think we need to mention uh, two things. Uh, Revelation Online CBT1 starts uh, November 3rd, which is in two days. Two days. I think we're all going to be playing, I think. I don't I have think, a key. I think we got I think we got them. We gave away all our keys to you guys, so now we can't even play the game. No, I, I actually, we did actually give away all the keys to the podcast. Like, literally every key we got, we gave to you guys at the podcast, I think, three or four weeks ago. So most of you guys watching, if you if you watched a few weeks ago, you got a key. I did email them recently, so I did get keys for all of us. We do have keys, so we can actually apply. Oh, so I guess we'll be Sunday funding it. So now we, we actually have an announcement ahead of time. Twice in a row, we're doing good. So yeah, November 3rd, a lot of hype behind Revelation Online. Uh, so we will see how it shapes up, if it's just Blade and Soul, but China, or if it's going to be able to stand on its own in 2017. There won't be Blade and Soul. But um, uh, I'm oh, not... Man. I'm not too hyped. Oh wow! All right, good. We need we need a uh, we need people to come up against the wall. I think okay. I think I think I think uh, it could do well. I'm looking forward to trying it. This was your hype of the week, right, Omar? It was. And I wasn't even hyped for it when I hyped it for the week. Okay, <laughs> I'm not even a little bit. Oh, when we watched that water animation where they jump in, was yeah, that, that was the best. That was, that got me really hyped. First of all, <laughs> what got me hyped was their their developer journals. They had a lot of good ideas in there, but we'll see if they actually do them. You know, their designer sure. journals, and they, they give you the insight of the minds of the game's designers. But we'll see again if that actually means anything because they could say anything they want on paper, but when you play it, that's what matters. I think we should move right along. Peria Chronicles, uh, mm -hmm. which also had a lot of hype behind it, and was. At one point, delayed indefinitely, but was just being reworked. Recently released a trailer that shows off absolutely nothing. It's nice. It's my favorite kind. Sure, sure. Just, just appreciate this trailer for a moment. Appreciate how little this trailer shows. It's That's like a Pixar so trailer. Yeah, Pixar, yeah. This is not exactly the Pixar immediately, because the little monsters turn into the letters. Uh, let's see. Fairy Chronicles is alive, yes. And the fact that we just got another this this teaser trailer for it shows you that it's even more alive, even though they said they're gonna, you know, remake it. This trailer came out October 28th, just a few days ago. We should point out that G Star 2016, which is one of the biggest uh, conventions around in Korea, uh, the developer Thinksoft will be there. Whether or not they have anything to show off regarding Peria, I don't know. Well, but I, I'm sure we hear something. There's one thing we did learn from this trailer. What's that? <laughs> The art style is very similar to what it used to be. They didn't just yeah, scrap it nice. and throw the entire thing out. That's all we know. There you go. That's still, all still, still like pet-based combat, it looks like, too, right? Speaking mm -hmm. of G-Star, um, well, there are a few yeah. things about G-Star. So first off, it's rumored that NCSoft is boycotting. What are they upset about? I don't know. They're just. I actually do know. Do you know what NCSoft is upset about? What are they upset about? The rumor on the street is they didn't get enough booth space. Let me see if I can get an image of what G-Star booth space looks like because I believe Nexon has almost like 33 to like 45%. That's random out of my ass numbers of the booth space at G-Star. Let me see if I can get Yeah, but it's 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 rumored that they're boycotting it altogether. I, I don't know if that's entirely true. It's still in the rumor mill. Like there hasn't been any official confirmation, but G-Star is getting pretty close and NCSoft doesn't have a lineup, so... Wow, um, it's safe to assume. 
do you think this has something to do with the rivalry between Nexon and NCSoft? Because remember, Nexon tried to buy uh, NCSoft uh, earlier, right? And then yep. it kind of fell through. So I think those two are really bitter with each other right now. Oh, definitely. They, like throw paper at each other from across their booths. It's like corporate drama. Speaking of corporate drama in South Korea, ooh, <laughs> who heard the big news? Yeah. Oh, I did. Okay. There was some weird Illuminati tier shit yeah, going like, on. Conspiracy shit is for real in conspiracy Korea. Conspiracy fuel. So apparently the president was just like, like under the control of this like cabal of like big business leaders, and like she was like getting briefed on what to do and what legislation to pass. Wait, what? Uh, no, no. What I read is that it was like uh, something about like a cult leader that claimed she could talk to her dead mother or something. What the fuck? What the what? <laughs> that was, if I remember correctly, that was in like some article that was posted to Discord. I can't remember. I mean, they might have the weird beliefs, right? The cabal, but the cabal is basically influential industrialists, right? And like their wives. And stuff. Okay, I might have read wrong. I might have read wrong. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, it's actually that. it's actually legit too that it's a cabal of industrial of, of chibol leaders, the biggest business in South Korea, the way. South Korean economy is that there's actually a handful of companies called Chibols that control such a disproportionate like percent of the economy, like over thirty percent of their GDP, something crazy, is controlled by like eight families. So the 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 power in that country is so concentrated to a handful of business leaders that they actually have literally control of the president in that country. And this is like it was huge news. And this is like such conspiracy fuel because. It doesn't really happen in America, but people think it does. It happens all over the world. But now they can always point to Korea and saying, "Look, it happened in Korea. It can happen here too." What's Alex Jones saying? I need to know what to think about this. Where's Alex Jones? Infowars. Let's do it. <laughs> the, um, you know, South Korea has always reminded me of one of the factions in Eve Online, like the corporatist one. Like, was it Galanti? Oh, yeah. I think. I think it was Galanti Federation or something. The, uh, the, the sounds merito- right. Meritocracy, corporatist. You know, everything is about industry. I, when I read the description like years ago when I played Eve, I was like, oh, this is South Korea. <laughs> President Samsung. <laughs> oh no, a cult leader's daughter was accused of manipulating the South Korean president. Okay, I did I remembered it wrong. Nice. <laughs> and I'm sure that, that had some negative effect on uh I mean we can relate to gaming. I'm pretty sure their financial markets went down because of that news. So it's something that was good, good good connection. Ne- I like that. It connects, you know, it connects all next on any stuff. They all went down since then. Everything is okay, connected. So so now I know where I got it, right? Okay, mm-hmm. I, I know where I got it. <laughs> you didn't make that one up. All right, what's next, boys? I want to take. I'll take a quick one. I'll take a quick one. Take it. Uh, I have always been vocally against Kickstarter games, so I, I wanted to do a quick positive look at a Kickstarter. All right, oh, here's wow. a Kickstarter game. Here's oh, they call, he's calling. He's calling it an MMORPG. I'm not quite sure it's an MMORPG. It's an Android one v one v one v one PvPVE game. Okay, what? but it looks like a very basic mobile game that he's making on Unity. He only wants fifty bucks, which basically tells me he's going to make it regardless. And it doesn't seem ridiculously ambitious in scope. Here's a game that this, I mean, one makes me cringe really bad is the link is uh, castlesinthesky.boards.net. Like, he couldn't buy his own domain name. He's using one of those free form sites or whatever. But the point is, it's a very basic game, and it looks like this guy can actually make it. It's not something crazy ambitious. He's clearly you know new to the scene, and he's starting his Kickstarter campaign with something that's gasp-doable and believable, something that you know a single person can actually make. And there's gameplay. Nice. Yeah, it's got gameplay. He's doing something. It works. You know, it may not be the most beautiful game out there, but the point is, it's it's real. You know, it's it's doable, and he's proving it. You know, he's showing some gameplay right away. So I'm not just a hater, guys. All right, I call bullshit when I see bullshit, but I'm 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 gonna congratulate the people that keep it real. Good on you, Brandon. Good on you, Brandon. 
All right, don't use pro boards anymore. Don't use boards.net. Make your own. Uh, you buy your own domain. Way. It's yeah, only ten bucks. Online.com. Yeah, it's a bit, has, it's a bit rough. He has castleinthesky.online.com. I guess he didn't know how to install the the form software. I don't know. <laughs> it's not very difficult, you know. If you can make a game, you can install the form software. But yeah. Oh, Project Gorgon's Indiegogo too. Uh, anybody want to take that? Uh, we actually just learned about it. I can only give the peripheral details because I don't know much about Project Gorgon. All you I know is that they it. did have a successful Kickstarter. Correct me if I'm wrong, and are now and have now launched an Indiegogo, which does bring up an interesting conversation about uh, how many crowdfunding funding platforms is too many. But let's take a look. Yeah. Let's take a look live. So Project Gorgon, what they're doing now? Apparently, what happened was during the first Kickstarter. People wanted to donate via PayPal because they didn't want to use credit cards or couldn't use credit cards. And they weren't able to because Kickstarter only takes credit cards or whatever. And um, in addition to that, which this is fair enough, right? They've, they've had $75,000 with no income for a year now trying to make this game with contractors and whoever's working on it. So that's only $75,000 for all of the game's development over the span of a year. And I mean, fair enough, right? But my thing is, you have an actively, like, you have a Kickstarter that you're currently trying to put out, like, a game for, and rewards for, and all that, and you haven't even delivered on the Kickstarter, and you just put out another crowdfunding campaign for it, and you're obviously trying to get around the fact that you probably couldn't go back to Kickstarter by going to Indiegogo. It's like you're getting off on asking for a second set of money from a platform that's expecting you to only get one set of money on a technicality. And it's just, it, it I, I, Matt, or, no, before we unleash you, okay. before we take the chains off, I just want to ask, can you play project Gorgon right now? Yes. Okay. So there you can play. It's not just, okay. I'm not sure if they finally made it not free and it's uh -huh. only backer only or not. I haven't played in a long time, but okay. it was, uh, it was free for the longest time at least. And I like, I like this pandering in the overview. Project yeah, I, is a new MMO brought to you by Eric Heinberg and his wife, Sandra Powers. It's a family project, okay? Family. It's, nice. it's a family affair. <laughs> we are right. a family company. Here All, right. All right, the change is coming off. I think the word you were looking for, Matt, earlier was scam. Uh, if, you look at their, uh, <laughs> if you look at their supporter page uh, on, on the first uh, Kickstarter, do you know what it says? Oh, estimated delivery, December 2016. If you look at the new Kickstarter, if you look at the new oh, uh, supporter no. page, they happen to just change the number to December 2017. And next right. year, if, they raise the, if, if we ever get a third Kickstarter, that'll be December 2018. Well, I mean, they haven't actually said officially, but they've missed a few uh, Steam early access targets. Their estimated like, delivery was 2016, December, which is uh, in next month. And now they changed it to one year. You can't just go one year later and ask for more money. I know, and I, if I remember correctly, the, don't quote me on this. The okay. original... Okay, so what happened was they put out a Kickstarter in 2012 under Eric Heinberg's personal account, right? Mm. And it's Eric Heinberg, right? I said that right? Sounds good. Anyways, they, they put it on his personal account. It failed. They, they were asking for $55,000 or something or $45,000. Anyways... They later put out a new one under the company name Elder Game, which is the one that was successful, asking for 20000 because it was the minimum viable that they could get. And I think I remember them saying it was actually a little less than they probably needed, but they were they, asking they, for they it because they, they were asking for it because they thought that's what they could get and definitely get the money. Then they got $75,000, which was more than they needed, 
in the Kickstarter from two years prior after putting it on a new account where you can't see the failed Kickstarter and they still haven't finished the game, even though their original estimate was from two years before for less than they got. But has the game shown progress since the original? I mean, it has shown progress. I don't know how much. Like, I can't promise you that it's shown a lot of progress, but it has shown some progress. I see it show up every now and then. Guys, we have an estimated final release date of December 2016. How casually they just changed December 2017 now. And they hit stretch goals. They're, they they uh, hit so many stretch goals, they hit all of them. You can't ask for more money after you got your stretch goals when you want to make now, it back to the base game. Now, here's the thing. It's one thing if you change the date, but they didn't address it at all. Yeah, they, just, like, they, right they, they ignored it. It's a little uh, uh, unsettling. Guys, guys, uh, let me let me explain what's going on here, okay? All right, give it to us. Gorgon is uh, Medusa, right? Yes. And, um, just like the mythological creature. Oh, my God. The Gorgon, the project, okay, the, as the developers looked at it while working on it, they got frozen, turned to stone. So there's no Ooh. further development being done. And so it'll never come out. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I They were supposed to originally talking about launching on Steam Early Access like of October of last year. And they just kind of went dark on that and just slowly went, oh, it'll be soon. Oh, it'll be soon. Oh, it'll be soon. And they're still saying it'll be soon. I don't know. This is why I look at the small Kickstarter campaigns and that, that adventure.land where we can see something. And I don't know. I just It's just so scummy to just change that release date and not even mention it. And well, I mean, the problem isn't that you couldn't see anything. You could play it. I mean, yeah, you could play it. You, you could play it. That's good. Yeah, you're right. It had a decent amount of content. Apparently, they've added three areas. I don't know what that means or how big those areas are, but they've added three areas since the last Kickstarter. But the problem is just that it's... Can we look at these graphics? It's weird. Here? It's very weird. And it, I, I just feel like they made, the, like you said, they made their stretch goals. They got more than they were originally asking for two years prior to their Kickstarter. And it just, the whole thing just doesn't sit right with me. This game's got no chance. Look All at right. these graphics. Actually, I got, I got an email from uh, from Ryan at projectorgan.com. I kind of ignored it earlier. And they're, they're talking about their Indiegogo campaign. What should I ask Ryan? I'm going to reply back. To, All right, okay. let's, see. let's turn it to the audience. So what first off, yeah. before you ask them, here's another point that I missed that also doesn't sit right with me. They're asking for $20,000, right? They're asking for 20000 additional funds. And and they're, they're saying, like, okay, we're opening this up to people that wanted to donate by PayPal, but we also need the money to finish up some stuff, you know, like, and get some stuff on our wish list and stuff like that. It's flexible funding. If they make two dollars off of this, they will get that two dollars. Yeah. And I, mm. I just the whole thing just doesn't sit right with me because it, it kind of says that they don't need it while also saying in the description that while kind of hiding behind the PayPal thing, saying that, oh well now we're opening it up to people instead of like opening a PayPal store during a Kickstarter, the Kickstarter, like a lot of people do. They'll open a PayPal store that's separate on their site during the Kickstarter so that people can pledge to it even without a um, credit card. But they're saying a year later, okay, we're opening it to the people that couldn't pledge before, but we also kind of need it I asked while having flexible funding. All right. The problem is all these crowdfunding games, right, are never-ending stories. Because if, if people are paying you, right, in this early, you know, development pre-release pre development cycle why would you ever actually want to stop 
if you can rake in money doing nothing and just keep showing these promotions, why stop? So I don't. Yeah, really but most people can't get away with it. Yeah, it's true, and and they'll get away with it for <laughs> as long as they can. And how mm. much is this? How much is the Indiegogo made right now? I don't have a couple two thousand. I think two thousand or so. Oh shit! It's making too much. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna hit its target. This is day one, and it's hit two thousand. Well, day one is usually the most excited well, people. With, too, with Indiegogo, do you not get it if it doesn't hit the target, or do you get whatever no. you get? You get whatever. They're you gonna get. get whatever they. Oh, yeah, well, so. you can set it so that you don't get what you whatever you get, but they set it so that they get whatever they get. Why would you not set it that way? <laughs> but here, th- here, here's my suggestion. Kickstarter needs a non-compete clause where you can't go to Indiegogo because that's just shitty. Yeah. They're too embarrassed to put it back on Kickstarter, you know? That's why they're on Indiegogo now. Well, I don't think they can. I think I think yeah. that if they put it back on Kickstarter, there's like some clause in their terms of service that'll say, look, you still haven't finished the other one. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like, I, I'm pretty sure they they have a technicality that they can get them on, but... This is just kind of shitty in my head. I'm I mean, not, I'm not blaming them. I'm blaming the people who are paying for this. Come on, look don't pay for this. Yeah, don't pay for. Don't it. pay until people can't. Don't don't support these indie games unless you see it as a, something can actually be finished. All right. And I mean, it's one thing when you're opening a PayPal store, like uh, or an on-site store, like uh, Star Citizen does, because that's entirely on you. Like you yeah. are going to their site and buying yes, a yes, specific item you're not pledging to something this is another campaign that you're pledging to and they're saying look we need this this isn't optional for us mm-hmm. and i just it, it it feels shitty well uh shitty things always happen on kickstarter right that's why that's why you stay away <laughs> i want to uh point out just on just a uh, um an addendum to the whole conversation. There's an article here that I just saw called "I Sold My Star Citizen Fleet to Finance a New Car." So you see, you, you spend so much money on digital items, you can go get yourself a car. Wait, so can you trade your pre-release goods in Star Citizen? I guess so. I guess he traded to someone else, sold it to someone or else, or he just sold his account. Oh, account. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say maybe yeah. this whole thing is just a bubble, like the tulip bubble. If maybe maybe the people buying those ten thousand dollars Star Citizenships. Are buying them knowing they're useless and never going to come out, <laughs> but that they can trade it to the greater fool. Like Honestly, it, it, you actually would make some sense. Take a look at this. Take a look at this remarkable. Before, take a look at this uh, Star Citizen Dash Trade subreddit. This is a pretty active subreddit of people. This is a giant Holy real shit. money marketplace. Look, want to sell Super Hornet one hundred fifty dollars, Gladiator one hundred fifty dollars. This is a big marketplace for this shit. It's a bubble. Oh my god! It's a bubble. It's a bubble. We started talking this. about a bubble. We're going to end on a real bubble. People are selling ships for $750. People are trying to buy, too, which is Yeah, pe- what the frick? So people that bought those ships on sale for $2,000 are going to be flipping them out here for $4,000 because their retail price is like 5000 or something. My God, this is... And these are all posts in the first, last 24 hours. Scroll down. Like, there's two pages worth of content. Yeah, yeah, this is all today. You're right. It's all today. So the, the Star Citizen marketplace for OP ships from the cash shop is, is vibrant... People are buying in the sales and probably flipping them on here for more. That's pretty remarkable. For a game that's not even out yet. For a game that's not even out yet. Dude, Omer, Omer, look, mm. look at this. I don't have the words for this. Look at this ad I got on the Reddit. Let me look, let's see Shoes ad. <laughs> Best rates guaranteed? Nice. Oh, you're, 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 nice. That's Shoes' favorite, favorite hotel in Las oh Vegas. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, it knows you were there. 
Man, I think we should bring up this, uh, some interesting data from Super Data Research. Yeah, it's quite Reg good, actually. Regarding the ladies. Anyone want to take this away? All right, boys. Where are the ladies at? So this is pretty cool data from Super Data. We use them a lot for their, their blog content. It shows you uh, what PC gamers play, men versus women. Uh, not surprisingly, women dominate the puzzle genre. Uh, puzzles are 42% women, 21% men. And I guess we have like another forty percent missing somewhere. I don't know. Those are the gender confused people. I don't know. <laughs> Hold up. This isn't. This isn't what you think it is. This isn't like percent of the player base that's men and women. It's of female gamers. What percent play each genre? Or of male gamers? What percent play each genre? Okay, but my numbers aren't terribly inaccurate because share of American gamers who are men and women is sixty forty according to the list. So right. I'm only off by like that ten percent margin. All right? That's so probably a lot higher so, than it was. Ten but what, years I, ago. what I mean is like yeah, so like twenty one percent of men play. Puzzle genre games. No, twenty one percent of the sixty percent of yeah of gamer men. Yeah, of 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 men, twenty one percent play. Puzzle okay. Games. Okay. All right. So all of the women that play games, forty two percent play puzzle games. Yes. Okay, it's a giant number. What's surprising, and if you look at MMOs, uh, this in relation to that proportion of people that play MMOs, women do play MMOs more than men of the of the girls that play games. So, not all. Yeah, you know, the. It's not always many men role-playing girls. Uh, sometimes there is a girl behind there. Uh, I am not that girl. I play a female at Lollafell in uh, Final Fantasy XIV. However, I, I am a dude. Do you think lots of girls play guy characters and act as guys, like the opposite of what we do? No. You know why? Girls have to have their characters look cute. Okay. Oh, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm generalizing, but girls care so much about their characters Shoe. looking pretty. Shoe. Oh, well, I don't know how to talk. Shoe. For I example, would never, I would never buy never play a male character. She would never. She doesn't even play male characters in League of Legends. She let won't alone play the game. RPG. I, she I she plays Fizz. all the cute. Oh, okay. What? <laughs> I play Fizz. Isn't Fizz? Isn't Fizz, Fizz is a fish? She's a fish. It doesn't even matter. Uh, she always plays female characters oh in League. She plays female characters in MMORPGs. So my, my my no. So all the girls are not playing dudes. I'm telling you that. That's straight up calling it. I played the I played uh, Lucian before once. I'm not surprised that with shooters, it's obviously male dominated. But the one I was surprised by was MMO. The fact that a lot of women do play uh, MMOs. And that was simulation. Actually, yeah. you, you know, though, remember when we went to um, FanFest? And you yeah. remember just the sheer amount of like, like girls? There were a lot there? of girls. There were a lot of girls there. You'd think it'd be like a you know sausage fest there, but it wasn't. Yeah, you would think so. But yeah, it's pretty remarkable. So there are girls out there. Play these games. Maybe even in our audience. Also, I don't know what action consists of, but I find it interesting that there's a higher percentage of women that play action games than men. Yeah, right? I don't know what action means either. It is Puzzle and Dragon action? It's technically a puzzle game, I but there's, like, there's, there's combat. There's combat. It's, it's action-y. In fact, it's interesting to see that even though there's a uh, smaller percentage of women right now, there's a higher percentage of women that play most genres. Like... Other than shooter, it's the entire male audience is basically in shooters right now. Yeah. And MOBAs. Right, so now we've seen the official data, okay? That was the official data for um for the for the for the industry. However, demos.com uh, audience is not quite so diverse. In fact, I will go ahead and show you. Is that our Facebook data? Or the analytics. I'm looking at the at the data on YouTube, for example. Ah. Okay, these are some YouTube data over here. Let me go ahead and link this. All right, enjoy. This is this is some interesting data for people. So over our audience, we have ninety-four percent female. No, male. Ninety-four percent male, six percent female. Hmm. 
More probably, guys, I'm 13 to 17 year old girls. Uh, hit me up, message me on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> we got, we got a couple, we got 65, you know, 1.2% are 65 plus. Our age split is actually, you know, it actually starts favoring female after 55. That's pretty <laughs> fun. What does it? We have 1.1% female on uh, 55 to 64, and only 0.7% male, and then it's tied at 65 plus. <laughs> we get the older, uh, more sophisticated ladies on the. On the most. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Just sip in wine while they like watch this. Yeah. This. <laughs> while we're watching us play Moo Legend, all right? I am just a young, strapping piece of meat, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> Wait, interesting, da interesting data on there. Viewer age, obviously, most of our audience is falls between. Tw surprisingly, the biggest chunk of our audience is 25 to 34. Isn't that weird? Oh. I thought it'd be much younger. I. I, I think that's about that's exactly what I expected. I think that's the gaming audience. Yeah, oh, especially MMO PC gaming. Because remember, PC gamers skew older than like mm -hmm. you know, like console and phone these days. So yeah, no, that's exactly where I thought it would be. All right, guys. Of the 129 people watching this stream right now, using our YouTube data, four six percent of you are girls. All right. Whoa. Send me a. I'm getting nervous. Send me some pics. All right. Especially if you fall into that special age group. Before right. we uh, run out of time here, we need to bring up another piece of news, uh, which is pretty big, actually. And that is Tree of Savior Oh, this mobile. is good. This is good. This is good. Tree of Savior is pretty much getting ported uh, directly to mobile. It has the dumbest name. I, I actually was shocked here. What is it? It's called Tree of Savior Mobile Remake. That's yep. the actual official name, right? Yeah, basically. Okay, here, here, here I'm writing out the official link to it, so it's official. See, mm -hmm. so tosmr.nexon.com. Oh my god. So wait, it doesn't, it doesn't like, uh, you can't play with people like cross, like, you can't I play doubt it. Oh, I really god. doubt it. It is called Mobile Remake, so I don't think it's going to have cross Why, platform. Oh, but it looks exactly oh. the same. Yeah. It's not the type of game where it's like, oh, you know, hardcore raiders like can't play on mobile, you know? So here's my question, right? Look at the gameplay. If they seem to have optimized it for mobile, where the fuck is that on PC? Come <laughs> the fuck on, guys. Like, what? <laughs> they just gave up. They couldn't do it. But optimizations always looks really good on trailers because nobody's on the server when they record that gameplay, right? So the, the, the trailers for Tree of Savior PC looked optimized as well. It's only when you get to the game you realize it's not. That's a good yeah, point. I don't know. I actually want to see what how it actually feels versus this trailer. Like, It looks really smooth. It doesn't look like it compromised much on graphics either. No, it no. looks great. It well, looks isn't it eight like directional it. movement? I can't remember. On PC? Uh, yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, I think so. If it's eight directional, it should feel pretty smooth. It'll the virtual joystick will feel a bit awkward because it won't respond naturally, mm -hmm. but it should be pretty smooth. But I actually think it could do really well on mobile if it, if it doesn't. This is my favorite issues. part on the trailer or on the screen right now. Ten mm -hmm. seconds after I'm before I'm saying it. Um, I think it's really cool that they have that whole photo mode. Photo, photo mode? I didn't even see that. Oh, I see what he's talking about. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. They have that mode where you can actually just stop, pan the camera, put your character in a certain emote, and take mm -hmm. photos. Ooh. Oh, yeah, I see that now, too. No, there's a lot to like here, because especially because it looks like a PC game on mobile. We've seen a lot of mobile uh, MMOs, games like Heroes of Credible Tales, Games like Devillian Mobile and stuff, they're not really MMORPGs. They just feel like these these dungeon crawlers where you get three-star <laughs> ratings. This looks like Tree of Savior. It's called Tree of Savior Mobile Remake. The the most hype thing about this game is that it's it's literally just Tree of Savior on mobile. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to go... I'm going to go ahead and predict it's going to do better on mobile. I think a lot of the things that people complain about on PC, a lot of mobile players won't care about quite as much. And also, they... Actually, go, ahead. go ahead. All right. Well, some of the people are complaining on the YouTube video for that because it's saying rip PC audience because they are saying if it's not backwards compatible, it's going to segment the player base a lot, especially because it is called mobile remake and they're clearly aiming to be the same exact game on mobile. So it is going to uh, split that player base. Yeah. I don't think they're looking to unite the player base, though. I think they're looking to start over. Perhaps, yeah. Oh, boy. But it's going to cause chaos by PC Shoot users. Shoot was the biggest disappointment for me in, like, the last 10 years of gaming. Wow. But, shoot, it was only a disappointment for one reason, because you, you had hype, that's why. If you had no hype, it would not be a disappointment. And it yeah, but that's like, not fair, because uh, it was supposed to be... It was the chosen one after Ragnarok it was, Online, Who right? chose it? We all did. Okay, but, like... I did not. I had no they hype had for team, it. Okay, they had the team. Yeah, IMC Games. Yeah, IMC Games, as far as I know, weren't they only known basically for Granado Espada? Yeah, IMC yeah, they did it. They, <laughs> did, they, they made Granado Espada, there you go. <laughs> they had the same sound temp people that did the music for Granado Espada as well as Ragnarok. Sound temp did the work, but... I just, right. I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing what you guys saw. For some reason, for some reason, there was a consensus that this was supposed to take over Ragnarok. And then when it didn't, because people had such fond memories of Ragnarok, yeah, disappointment. You're right. It was all hype. It did, a lot, better than, it did a lot better than Ragnarok Island 2. Uh, you know, reliving well, the Ragnarok. We don't even talk about that one. We, don't even mention Ragnarok Island 2. That, 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 that's a bad <laughs> word. That's a bad word. the game page right now. I apologize. But like, Look at all the other Steam games. Look at all the MRPGs we had launched. Like they were just disappointing, just bad. Like Thanatos, the Dragon Chasers. Like there's so many no-name garbage count. games. Like, <laughs> all right. Those games can't disappoint you because you don't. Nobody knows about them. Right. All right. I want to. I want to take this chance to jump into a few other mobile games mm-hmm. that I want to talk about. All right. So first off, I'm going to talk about Destiny. Or shit, that's the wrong trailer. Hold on. I clicked on the wrong one. Okay. So right, Destiny right. Child, which is. A new a mobile game that <laughs> yeah, just it's a yeah, it's it's a band <laughs> with a, the apostrophe. Look at that anyways, sexualized art. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shoot, this would be censored, guys. Close your eyes. We can't handle oh this. My god. Oh my god! Look at the tits go circle and circle. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Holy shit! Wait, oh wait, my wait. god! <laughs> All right, so anyways, Altai, Altai, do you approve? I, I just think I don't see this being like a big draw to a Western audience. Like, what is going on? No way. Anyways, it is. Go, let me finish. Let me finish. Can I please get into this? This is, um, it's actually kind of cool. It's, it's got art made by Blade and Soul's former art director. Um, That's why the boobs are crazy. I got it. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Taehyung something. Anyways, Blade and Soul's art director worked on this and it's, it's a pretty stereotypical hero collector where you collect heroes, you put like upwards of three pieces of armor on them, you slowly level them, you summon more and stuff like that. But I mean, the battle system, like you guys were saying, Hearthstone has over Shadowverse. Like the battle system is really, really smooth. I mean, everything about it, it's smooth. It has live 2D integration, which means that all the animations are 2D as 3D. Um, and you can see it. Like they're rendered as if they were 3D objects. Like you, you can see it. And just, it, it's very smooth. Everything about it just plays really well. The combat's kind of got the whole elemental thing plus it's got like weak points for different elements it's got criticals it's got this fever meter which you you charge it up and when you get it you can basically just spam each character's skill over and over and over and i mean it's it's not a whole and then it has those quick time events like what just happened in the trailer which based on how well you do you do more damage with an alt and um i mean it's not 
wholly different than a lot of other games that have come out, but it just feels so much nicer to play than the other ones. And unlike a lot of them, it's not just like busty women that are the summons. You've got like a bunch of like guys, monsters, random like syringes that have been My brought God, to life. It's, it's weird shit, but it's pretty cool. I've been having a lot of fun with it, even though it's only in Korean right now. You can get it off of Kuap. All right, and... first look. First look coming soon, boys. First look is coming soon. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that uh, it's playable right now. I'm gonna get it from the the, the Korean version. Look at the boot uh, physics on the ground. Any chance of an English release or no? I, somehow I'm gonna say no. I I don't think so. Yeah. A lot of the even a lot of the major Korean and Chinese mobile games don't come over here. It's just the way it is. I I don't see them bringing it over here, and I can't remember who who's publishing it off the top of my head, but. It's for Cacao. It's one of the Cacao Talk games, and I don't think any of those have made it over here. Look, this kind of style, right? Well, I'm sure some people on this board in this call, and some people, a lot of people on chat, are kind of like the weeb hardcore, like it's a Japanese stuff. No, you don't have to be weeb hardcore to like to just play it. You know, no, it's like no, no, no. I, I, this artificial designation. This art style, right? And I think Shu touched on this like many podcasts ago. There are a lot of a non-trivial percent of pe- gamers in America okay. who won't touch things that are like overly anime like this. Well, okay, which, which is a shame that's, because that's dissipating it's it's what? a shame though because yes. as i've said it's very smooth it's a taste thing you know it's like, <laughs> i don't even think it's a taste thing i think it comes down to um almost like a cultural taboo no, like not among taboo. certain people when i see that right like they're just and they're scrolling uh-huh. between them like in part of it I, I'm like, this is not serious. This is just weird. This is for like weird. It's like those Nintendo DS dating what? games, right? That are big in Japan. You thought it's weird. No, those dating games, right? I'm also. I, I don't I'm not play sure. Those. They're just weird to me. Like that's different than the actual art style in the game. Like yeah, they have very different things here. Yeah, these crazy aren't blue dating animations. Games. These aren't dating like games. This, like, I know, listen, maybe I'm the minority on this particular board, but I honestly don't think I'm the minority in America and the West in general. Where when I see something like this, I'm just like. Like what? What's going on? No, no, no. I, I agree. Okay, with you, Erhan, right? Erhan, it's kind of like when I see any game that's advertised using real people. Like if you go on, here I'll put it in chat. But if you go to game.dom.net right now, you will see games that are advertised with no in-game like screenshots, no um, key art from it. They're advertised with real with people. people. Yeah, you can see. And I look at that, and when I look at that, I think this game is not like for core gamers. This is a casual game and I'm going to stay away from it. That's sure. I, I'm with you that I think yeah. that with certain things. I mean, I, I get it. Okay, that's all I'm saying. And and back to the censorship thing. Uh, you are making a distinction between dating games and weird games and the art style. I don't think it's the same. I don't think I would, I, I, I wouldn't play just these weird pervy dating games either, but the art style itself, I, I, I'm not going to be offended by it at all. Blade and Soul has no, I, I think it's I think I mean, there are I, people I, who are offended by the art styles. Okay, fine, sure, but I think make a distinction between are, the gameplay. I think some of these are a little overblown, but I think overall the art style is very nice. Like you can really tell that the guy worked on Blade and Soul and knew what we, he yes. was doing when he designed this. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm not talking about the I quality mean, of the art. The quality looks good in the trailer, right? That's not my concern. He's talking about the aesthetic, yes. not the quality. Yeah. I think you're right, Erhan. Oh, well, let's continue with this conversation. You have to show. I think you're right, but I, I also think that eventually, you know, that artificial divide that, say, you or I have or someone else will eventually, you know, if, if we continue on this trajectory, it'll disappear. People, so. people will have that, uh, that artificial boundary. No, I, All right. I, I think so. So I wanted to get to two more mobile games, actually. So. All right, we'll finish up we... mobile for the week. Okay, so first up, there's Lineage Red Knights. We finally have gameplay, and mm-hmm. I got to play it because of the closed beta that's only open from 1 a.m. to 1 p.m. our time. But um, 
the stress test thing. It is not what it sounded like. It sounded like this like semi open world thing, right? With where you would mass an army and it's kind of like the hero collector thing, but you go and you do PVP battles and you have guild territorial conquest. It's basically League of Angels. It, it ah. looks nicer because they all run up to each other and they'll actually attack and there's stuff like that. But it is basically League of Angels. They even have that thing where you have to get summon shards. Like you, you can summon a like unit right off the bat if you're lucky, but you also get like a certain amount of shards from summoning. It is basically League of Angels, and I was very disappointed in that. Like yeah. I mean, it looks decent, but and it's gonna have all that guild stuff. It's just not gonna be the way that I think anybody was getting the end impression that it would be but but league of angels works you know throw that you say it's league of angels like and that's disappointing but league of angels is very successful they have like over a thousand no, servers. It's super successful okay. it's okay. just it's not what i was looking forward to okay that's that's fair and then um the other thing i wanted to bring up net marvel has announced their g-star lineup their uh lineage 2 revolution which still hasn't been released uh the recent really they released seven nights last year they're gonna have that they have another mobile game called modu marvel they're gonna show off but they're also announcing two new games, which are probably going to be mobile. Lineage Revolution looks pretty good. Uh, I'm sure you're showing the video. But is, is this like an open world uh, MRPG, or is it going to be still like stage-based, kind of like uh, Heroes of Credible Tales and Davillion Mobile? That's a good question. I don't remember. If it is persistent. There are too many. Yeah. There's too many of these games. But if it's, if it's actually, you know, open, at least a multiplayer component, because I've seen so many of these mobile games, like you know, like Davillion Mobile, like... They look nice, they play nice, but they're not really MMOs because it's a single-player game with a chat box. Like, at least if you play with other people, it just gives the game more meaning. And I'm hoping... Because Lineage Revolution looks great visually right now. Well, I mean, there are too many Lineage 2 mobile games is what I was saying. I can't yeah. remember which one's which. But I know Dawn of Aiden, the Snail Games open one... by the way. I'm pretty sure this is open world based on this yeah, trailer. The, the Dawn of Aiden Snail Games one was supposed to be the one that brought all of its features over to mobile and brought it to China in a different way. So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, it looks nice, and they're going to show it off some more and hopefully unveil some new stuff at G-Star. And again, G-Star should be, I think it's the second week of November. So uh, we'll have a little the more 17th fun stuff then. To 20th. It's the 17th to 20th, I think. All right, third week of November. And then we'll have a lot more news on some fun free-to-play stuff. Again, that is the mecca And of it these will be live-streamed. It will be live-streamed. There's a link in the article for this Netmarble thing, I think. Awesome. If I remember to put it. Nice. Uh, isn't so, Bless I mean, coming around soon? Uh, no, we really haven't heard too much about Bless. It's just been uh, on the radar. I, I, I don't want to talk about Bless right now because I'm still waiting for confirmation that Area Games has said anything about it, and it wasn't just Bless Source that said that that was the trailer and all that crap. I just, I really would like confirmation before I talk about that more. Yeah, right now it's just been coming soon for, for a while in the West, and you just got to wait. Can I just say this is a really nice like page for Bless? This art. Unholy. Yeah, I like that art, right? It's like coming soon. Look, we're still on this hill. We've been here for the last two years. <laughs> we're we're uh, coming. Minor thing on them more on MRPG wise. I know Shu and I are playing Final Fantasy fourteen. There's uh they did add a big update recently, and most importantly, they updated they added like a hundred more floors to Palace of the Dead. I think it was up to like two hundred now actually. But you only have to do the first hundred for like the main stuff. I think after that it's just bonuses. But it, there's a lot of stuff going on Final Fantasy uh. 14, which is good, leading up to the expansion early next year. That, that hero collector they added, though, man, yeah. mommy just rolled an SSR. I'm so I'm so salty, so, <laughs> fucking bitch. And I, I did want to say the Eve Online thing earlier. We we're talking the podcast. Uh, Eve Online, they banned in-game casinos. Why would no. they do that? Really? Yeah. 
Why? Wait, who did? Who did? Eve Online. Eve Online. So yeah, look. Me too. Take a look. Is it I, recent? Yes, today. Yeah, it just happened. Yesterday. They, they seized $620,000 of in-game currency after they banned people. Wow. That's 40 it's trillion. It's a bit disappointing because uh, Eve is, you know, Eve is supposed to be the the game without any laws. and uh, That's well. nonsense. I can't believe they did that. Wow. So you can scam people in the game, right? But you can't, but you can't run a casino? Honest, an honest, like, you know, probability game. Now, I, I only read the headline so far, but it does say they did seize the money and changes to the unusual license agreement prevents the gambling. CCP declined to confirm a figure. Okay, never mind. But they did do it. Yeah. That is really weird. It, they didn't even say anything before. It, it just, it's extremely unusual, unprecedented even for CCP to make a public statement about the guilt of an entity and now it's the reason for a ban. It's simply not done. So they don't, they, they ban, you can't gamble anymore. Which uh, hopefully never comes to Final Fantasy XIV because my casino is thriving. Uh, I've made over 50 million gil so far in uh, Final Fantasy XIV running my casino. So I hope it never happens in FF14. Got to got to keep the casino going. So weird. Yeah. I'm disappointed in Eve for doing that though. That was always supposed to be the game where skullduggery, scheming, and all that shit was allowed. Yeah. They're going down the like it's kind of so, like, that they would do that. It, it, if you're reading if you're reading this right here, it seems like it's because they were doing a lot of third party stuff through like gambling sites. Oh. Yeah, and I guess it, they uh, couldn't moderate that. But you, they scam, you know, they, they, they go into your corporation and loot your account too, but who, you know, whatever. Oh, if they, they do something out of the game, let them. Be, yeah, well, I'll look into it a little after. Yeah, it, it might be because of the similar something like CSGO language and stuff with the yeah. in-game bet, with the betting like that. I don't know. All right, well, that's uh, All right. lengthy enough for uh, the main podcast. We'll stick around for a while in the post-game. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, stick around for that. Thanks for watching, guys. See ya. Take care. Later. Yeah.